So um, as a special treat for those uh, listening in on the podcast version of the show, and let's face it, that's the majority, you are hearing a portion of the pre-show that you got on the stream because uh, I'm uh, we're moving today. We have movers everywhere. So I will have no opportunity to edit a fancy little quote at the beginning of the show. So I'm recording now directly to MP3. A request to uh, human resources in the chat room. Please record a backup in case something happens. If some jabroni here would pull the power, then the recording would be interrupted. And since it's not lossless, it would be a broken recording. This concludes your emergency information. <laughs> Me. <laughs> this is banned a broadcast from the Curry Emergency Broadcasting Network. Yeah, really. Mm. Do not panic. Do not panic. All is well. ending hit it uh you 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 crapped out what'd you say i crapped out yeah huh hit it adam curry john c devora it's thursday november 10th 2011 time for your gitmo nation media assassination episode 355 this is no agenda preparing for wagons east here at the hilltop watchtower crackpot command center for the last time in gitmo nation west in the people's republic of southern california in the morning everybody i'm adam curry and from northern silicon valley where i can see him leaving his house i'm john c dvorak it's crackpot and buzzkill in the morning <laughs> no you can't i can't oh, who is that then i don't know hey in the morning to you there johnny boy and in the morning to you, in the morning to all ships at sea, all boots on the ground, all feet in the air, and the emergency broadcast network. <laughs> and, of course, human resources who have vigilantly once again shown up in our chat room at uh, noagendastream.com, noagendachat.net. What you hear in the background is uh, the sound of masking tape and uh, boxes unfolding as the Hilltop Watchtower crackpot come Well, actually... The Hilltop Watchtower is being demolished around me as we speak. The Crackpot Command Center will be the last thing to go uh, right after this uh, broadcast, and then uh, we will shut down all communications from the studio. So it's going to be a weird show. <laughs> the guys came in, they came in like an hour early. They're like, well, well we don't want to be waiting around for you to finish some damn show. So what is that, podcast? Who cares? we got to move. <laughs> and Mickey's like, this is our business. This is what we do. So little. It'll make somebody will definitely uh, pull the plug on you before. This oh yeah. Oh, you you know that you know. I've, I've said don't. Put, you cannot disconnect that. Do not do not disconnect that. Don't go anywhere near that table. You know it's going to happen. Oh yeah. Some guy's going to come <laughs> and say, "Hey, I didn't know. Uh, I yeah. just got here. I got in for the later part of the shift. Nobody <laughs> told me." Hey, boss. <laughs> Sorry, boss. Uh. And, and it's interesting. You know, Mickey is like. She, she's t uh, hello, darling. I was just talking about you. Am I so relaxed? Well, you are now. Well, yesterday, this, I yesterday, you were like, uh, yeah, no, no, you were also like, you keep ordering me around. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know my place. <laughs> oh God! Oh, she gave me evil eye, John. She actually she pulled the, the stink eye. Yeah, she gave me big stink eye. <laughs> hey, pirates! Uh, pirates! That there you have it. Pirates! Yeah. 
So, um, so we'll be driving east uh, right after the show. Actually, the show is uploaded and everything. We, uh, I got to. Oh man, <sighs> talk about crap. So you know, uh, we're we're taking the the 1999 Range Rover out, right? Mm-hmm. And um, since these British cars were not built for heat of uh, Southern California, certainly not for Texas. I had uh-huh. to I had to get the uh, the fuse box replaced because it you know it just literally it melts. Melt. Yeah, it melts literally, and then stuff doesn't start working like the air conditioner. So that's kind of a non-starter. So I got that fixed, and I pick it up. The guy says, "Oh, by the way, just so you know, like your your air suspension is is completely leaking." And I'm like, are you kidding me? He says, "Yeah, do British cars." I know, and he says, "Well, you know, when they're like ten, twelve years old, you know, what most people do is they convert it to a regular suspension." I said, well, can we drive across the country? He says, well, you know, if, uh, if if what happens is the the compressor is running full speed all the time to keep the the, the air pressure up. If that overheats, it has a, a sensor. It shuts down, and then the car will go clunk down to like the the stocks, right? Clunk on the, or the stops, I should say. And then you can't you can't reset it unless you have a you know a Range Rover guy with one of those computers. I'm like. And you can't drive when it's on the stops. So, so what's the alternative? He's no, you got to convert seventeen hundred dollars. Did you convert? Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, what am I going to do? You, you have no choice. No choice. Welcome to the world of British cars. I yeah, mean, everybody knows never to buy one. I mean, they're <laughs> great in some ways. I, I, I've been giving Mickey stink eye about this because she wanted the Range Rover, and I said, well, well, yeah, "It's mm. a British car. It's what yeah, you're going to get. Yeah, it's what you're going to get." Anyway. Uh, that's it's okay. probably fine now. It'd be great. Oh no, I'm going to drive this thing to the wheels that fall off. Piece of crap suspension in it anyway. Yeah. If it's going to do yeah, that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Well, I'm going to drive it to the Air wheels. Suspension. Co- what difference does it make? <laughs> Nothing. It's cool. It goes up and down. It's like yeah, a, like a like a hip hopper's car. Like an old Citroen. <laughs> oh well, actually, those had they still make them with the uh, with the air suspension. You know the Citroen. Yeah, but that's a, air suspension is considered to be it's it's sealed. Yeah, I believe it's supposed and to be it's considered sealed, yeah. to be some sort of high tech miracle. Yeah. I'm sure this is not the same. I, I, I think it's the same the same basic principle. You know what's funny about the Citroens? Even the new ones, the newest one you can get, they all still have a hole. In the front for a crankshaft. You can, you can, every, I think I believe that the I love the traditionalists. Every, yeah, every you Citroen. Crank one of those over, you'd, your arm would snap off. It'd be terrible. <laughs> I mean, let me just crank this eight-cylinder baby here. Anyway, John, uh, quite amazing. We had uh, the very first test of the emergency alert system, the uh, the upgrade from the alert, emergency broadcast system. And uh, I'm I'm kind of angry at myself because I could have predicted this was going to happen. It was was such an easy shoe-in for the Red Book, and I forgot to mention it. Because, of course, this thing failed. Did you uh, pay attention to it at all? I was waiting for it. I never heard it anywhere. Well, that would be part of the fail part of the exercise. (laughs) Here's what happened in Los Angeles. It was supposed to last 30 seconds. And uh, and literally, you know, at at 11 a.m. Pacific Standard Time yesterday... So they unplug basically everything. You can't switch the channels or anything. They plug in like a... It looked like they plugged in a Commodore 64. You know, it's like none of the high-tech graphics that were promised. And for like three seconds, you heard like... And that was kind of the audio that they were promising. Well, that that, that noise is supposed to trigger a bunch of mechanisms in the studio. No, I mean, the, the they had the tone. To, they had that. 
Okay. But then they were trying to, you know, you should hear this is a test. You know, don't worry. Be calm, slaves. Everything's okay. Drink your fluoride. But that didn't happen. And so then here in Los Angeles, they just put on music. And literally, you know, when you're hearing, when you see this is a test uh, of the emergency alert system on television and you're hearing sticks with come sail away, there's something really wrong about that. (laughs) On DirecTV, apparently, they were playing Lady Gaga. So this thing, this thing failed completely. I mean, you know, the FEMA is saying, well, you know, this was just a test and, uh, you know, now we have to evaluate. It'll take several uh, weeks to months to evaluate how it went. I could have known. Obviously, this thing was set up to fail because we need a lot more money. We need more money to make it work properly. That's what this was about. This was a this was a, a oh, fundraising yeah, drive. Right, absolutely. I can't, it's a scam. Yeah, I can't believe I didn't call it. I feel like an idiot now. It was so easy. We could have known this would fail. Ah, you know, and, and and how hard can it be? You, know, you hear the tone, click. You know, and, and by the way, this thing lasted for twenty six minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, not thirty seconds. At least in on Time Warner Cable in Los Angeles, twenty six minutes. So the cable was out for twenty six minutes, basically. Yeah, you couldn't switch. Uh, you turn, I, you know, I turned it off, turned it on, unplugged it. It would keep coming. It basically, just overrode the whole system. But it was a huge fail. And and I'm getting reports from all around the country that it uh, some in some places didn't work at all. Nothing happened. So, well, there you go. Zippity doodah. The techno experts at work. You know, we can do all this amazing stuff, huh. but we can't get. And and I was I checked Facebook as well, so you don't have to. And, and lo and behold, at 11 a.m. I got a message from the White House on Facebook, who I do not follow and have certainly not friended. So that part worked. Facebook is on board. <laughs> they're, they're all connected. Well, Facebook's always on board. Of course. Another reason to avoid it. But uh, anyway, so the, the, there's the, uh, the quick analysis of the emergency alert system. Uh, and it's just so, I could have predicted this. It was so easy to see that this was going to fail, no doubt. So uh, for today, I do have. Uh, if we need some long clips, I got unfortunately. Uh, gee, uh, I got I, a, I got long clips too. <laughs> well, we both have long clips, but do you? Did you watch the uh, Holder hearings? Uh, yes, I did. I, I was disappointed, actually. Uh, you didn't watch them close enough. Then. Uh, I I did. I just said I was disappointed, but okay. Uh-huh. Let's. Uh, I mean, some the gems in the there. big apology thing where he refused to apologize. I thought was the best. I have that. Yeah, that was okay, but that's not the the killer. Well, should we just There's do some stuff in there? Should we just do that gem. just to just to prep everyone, or you want to get into the gem stuff right off the bat? Uh, I think we can wait until this show. I mean, it's it's a lot. That, that, I, I can't start playing these clips because it's going to just. I think it needs to be. I think we need something a little livelier. I do have a few good ones, but there's the one, there's one that was just like, I mean, we, the whole, everybody, you know, JC's here and his girlfriend were all watching with their jaw dropping. Hey, JC has a girlfriend? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Is she, is she hot? She's a good looking girl. Mm. Okay. So, um, anyway, we're all going, holy crap. What the hell was that all about? Well, which one was it? Let's do it. Okay, let's just start with this one, and the other ones are going to be kind of dull by comparison. Wait, so, wait so, so Buzzkill Jr. has got a, a a hot girlfriend, and his idea of wooing her, and the only thing the guy should be thinking about is sex. He's watching C-SPAN with his old man, really? And this is like, this is his tactic? 
<laughs> no. <laughs> okay. I just happened to be watching this clip. Oh, okay. So anyway, um, this was a uh, Grassley is giving it to Holder. Right. And so Grassley reveals a, a back channel conversation. Yes. Holder jumps his ass. You're not supposed to reveal back channel conversations in other days of your. This would have never happened, but I suppose times have changed, he says arrogantly in a kind of a subdued way. And then Grassley blasts him for not providing documents and information that he promised. Here's what happened. So they sent it's kind of set up in this clip. They sent out a letter of. Um, Hold on one second. Hey, Mickey. Mickey. I think she's uploading something. Why is you, it? Am I not coming through? You just went to like AM quality. Oh, oh, hold on. Now, hold on one second because I, I got to stop that. Hold on. And here I am on the radio, ladies and gentlemen, in AM. KSFO. We're playing the hits. Of course, yeah, we have to reset this connection. It's actually going to go away now. Fuck. All right. No, she's not doing anything. Who knows? Huh. All right. Well, no. All right. That's okay. You sound like a DJ from the 50s. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I withhold comment. So uh, the, apparently a letter went out. It was leaked. A, a secret letter was leaked out to the press, and that was traced back to the uh, Justice Department for leaking it just to burn off. No. Just to burn off some... Uh, to burn some some whistleblower, and um, oh, oh, okay, yeah, I have the back. I actually have the backstory to this. Yeah, I know exactly what this is about. And so Holder tells Grassley apparently on a phone call that, "Hey, we got the guy." Yeah, this is. Uh, when, yeah, when Grassley wanted to know who the who the hell was this guy. Holder, did, you know, they know his office never got anything, so he brought this out in the conversation, and this is the conversation that ensued. The house that they were not aware of the tactics that were employed. As a result of that, the information that is contained in that. This is the one, right? This is the yeah, yeah. the wild clip. Uh, letter to you or the, uh, was not in fact uh, accurate, and that is regret. Uh, I regret that. Did he offer you his resignation because of that? No, he has not. And I don't expect to hear um, a resignation offer from Mr. Is this Mr. a wild clip? You're refusing. <sighs> no, it's what I asked you. And you said, yeah, that's the one. I, I, I'm having no, trouble I just said, I said it's the wow. It says the wow clip. And we're off to a rocking start, everybody. Here we go. Someone in the Justice Department leaked a document to the press along with talking points in an attempt to smear one of the AATF whistleblowers who testified before the House. This document was supposed to be so sensitive that you refer, refused to provide it to Congress, but then someone provided it to the press. The name of the criminal suspect in the document was deleted, but the name of the ATF agent was not. This looks like a clear and intentional violation of the Privacy Act, as well as an attempt at whistleblower retaliation. In a private phone conversation with me, you already told me that someone has been held accountable for this, but your staff refused to provide my staff with any details. Who was held accountable and how? You know, it, it's, it, it's almost, it almost pains me, <laughs> and please don't take this away from Senator Grassley's time, to pay me that, as you said, we had a private conversation. You sent me a handwritten note 
that I took very seriously. You and I have worked together on a variety of things. I think I have a good relationship with you. You sent me a handwritten note that I looked at, took seriously, um, referred that letter um, to OPR, the IG, I'm not sure which of the two, uh, and asked them to try to find out uh, what happened. I called you uh, to try to indicate to you that I had taken that matter um, seriously, that action had been taken. Um, you know, in a different time in Washington, I'm not sure that what you just said necessarily would have been shared right. with uh, everyone here, but, you know, so be it. It's a different time, I suppose. <laughs> Back when it was good! In response to your question... Uh, you understand that I told you over the phone conversation, if you wanted me not to ask this question, that I said, have your staff inform my staff, because I work very closely with my staff, huh. and... Uh, and uh, give the details so that I would know that this would be an inappropriate question to ask at this hearing. We'll, we'll let the Attorney General answer, and then we'll go to Senator Cole. Keep well, the same rule I applied to myself. You, you went one hour, one minute and 40 minutes. No, I, no, I, you know, this is almost worse than, than interrupting for commercials. They're like, oh, time's up. Uh, now we can't have any of the good stuff anymore. This is way too entertaining. Did not in my question. The question, but he answered one minute. I finished my question before my time was up. Go ahead. You can answer his question, even though he asked it after his time was up. The uh, with regard to the 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 question, um, the matter is under investigation. Uh, there are or a, a couple of leaks, and those leaks are under investigation by the Inspector General, by the Office of Professional Responsibility, and uh, I'm not in a position to comment on ongoing investigations. Senator Cole. Wow. You're right. That's why you titled the clip "Wow." Is that amazing or what? It's not only amazing; it's the clip of the day. We'll hand that out right here at the top of the show. I missed that. I did miss that. Wow. So, so the uh, guy's a total douchebag. Oh yeah. He calls him up and says, "Don't worry about it. We got the guy." Yeah. And then. He says, oh, you did? Okay, well, then have your office send over the information so we can you know, you know, do what we have to do because you can't do this. It's illegal. Yeah. <laughs> and then nothing comes of it. And yeah. so he has to blow the whistle on the, on the back channel. And then what's his name gets all uppity about it. Ooh, this would have never happened in a previous Washington. This conversation was private. So the uh, whistleblower was Special Agent Dodson. At least that was one of them. And... Uh, and he was uh, screwed, essentially, by uh, Arizona U.S. Attorney Dennis Burke, who resigned. That's how they dealt with it. So they thought, oh, that's just nice and tidy and everything. You know, it's all taken care of. Everyone's gone. But uh, that is just not the fact. It's disgusting. And, gee, John, did you hear any uh, press about this? Anyone all over this great story? What happened here in, in, in public view? No, it's all still the whole week, including the John Stewart show. And I almost had a clip, but I decided against it. It's just been about Herman Cain. Oh. And then we have buggery at the, at the uh, Penn State College campus with apparently a, a, who knows what the hell's going on there. And that didn't even get any coverage compared to Herman Cain. Yeah, the it's uh, Herman Cain week. You know, <laughs> oh, that's what we didn't get the memo. It's Herman Cain week. That's right. You know, so we got buggery, pedophilia at the at the Penn State <laughs> University. We have this douchebag covering up something, and you know, getting jumped on left and right. And uh, none of that's covered. We all we get is Herman Cain. 
It's unbelievable how bad this week was for this sort of thing. You know, on this uh, sand, this is the the Penn State Sandusky uh, tri- uh, scandal, I guess we could call it. And I, I have two clips. Now, this isn't. Now, the president went to uh, fired last night. By the way, I'm sorry. The president of of Penn State was fired last oh, yeah. night. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, our president though. You know the he, he, we, we uh, wish he was fired. No, he he, he, didn't, he didn't get. I'm like, wow, really? How did I miss that? I wish. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's Herman Cain week. You never know. You just might not. You might not get the information. Anything could be happening. We're missing. We're probably missing some other stories because of Herman. Well, Cain I week. got I got a couple stories because you're right. It's always difficult when you've got a Herman Cain week. Um, so the, what else is going on in football in Pennsylvania? Is, uh, the the Philadelphia is Philadelphia sucking or something? Did they lose? Philadelphia is in Philadelphia. The Eagles, the professional team, is funny because they are—they uh, were at the beginning of the season were called the dream team because they put all brought all these new superstars in and they—they they basically suck. Okay, so the president went uh, to Pennsylvania on uh, you know to talk about uh, how we can't wait for anything, and I think he made a gaffe in in, in light of everything that's going on in uh, uh, at Penn. I think he made a huge gaffe by saying the following. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Have, a seat. have a seat, everybody. Uh, it is great to be in Yaden. Um, great to be in the Philly area. Uh, I was told not to mention football at all. And you hear a couple people booing, and I'm you know, obviously he's talking about the the eagle sucking. Yeah, there, there's a whole lot of other sucking going on. I think it was. Well, he probably is, he apparently is not. <laughs> yeah, do I do I get to give myself a little hot, hot pockets? pockets? So he, um, you know, I think this is a huge gaffe, and he did, didn't just keep it with that either. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything about, about pedo football, bear. pedo bear, while I'm here, right? Because I know this is a sensitive subject. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. This is why oh, I have Secret Service along. That's why I got Secret Service. Yeah. 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 Oh, who are his people? Yeah, well, Secret Service, apparently. They're so smart. They told, hey, man, don't mention, make a joke about football because it's really funny here in Pennsylvania right now. Oh. It's really, really funny. So, wow. Um, here's, here's what's obvious to me is that this was a pedo bear ring. And uh, and I think it goes. To, you know, well, it's funny because whenever uh, this is uh, brought up on the show, when it's about the clergy or other pedo bear, you kind of shy away from it. But now that finally I've got you, now, now we have a reason to talk about football. Uh, and uh, I read the docket on this uh, Sandusky thing. Oh my goodness! I mean, this, <laughs> have you terrible. read? Did you read that thing? I didn't read the docket, but I read pieces of the uh, of the uh, grand jury report. Oh well, well. So this is it may be one and the same, but there's like thirty different witnesses, and I mean, well, up to forty now. Apparently, a bunch of people coming out of the woodwork. If 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 uh, if a coach ever says, "Hey, let's wrestle," walk away. This is not good. This what a, what an incredible douchebag. And you have to understand, a coach is like to certainly in the United States of Gitmo Nation. A coach is like your mentor. He's like your dad, you know. He and he'll yell at you, and he beats you into submission to get you to perform. And then, you know, when he's beating you into submission to perform in another manner, you, you know, these kids are petrified. They're completely brainwashed. They don't know what to do. 
This is this is the worst. Well, not the worst, but it's certainly one of the worst forms of of child abuse and completely covered up by child protective services, who I believe are in on the scam. Because this was this goes back to 1998, right? Went to 1998. He was caught, and then then the 2002 incident where he was caught in the act in the shower by one of the other coaches, and then that was covered up by the university. And they kept the guy not at the university, but they let him do all his uh, his camps for kids yeah. off yeah. campus for the next ten years. Yeah, that's a good idea. Let him do the camps. That's good. Yeah, it's just a, just a little rubbing. It's not a problem. I mean, and the doc, I have it in the show notes at 355.nashownotes.com. If you have the stomach to read it, it, it it's just unbelievable. You invite kids over, they say, hey, Hey, I know. Let's go take a shower. It's fucked up. Anyway, um, here is uh, one of our uh, producers threw this up on No Agenda News Network. Of course, I would never, ever in my entire life listen to a sports radio program. And they've got um, some guy, famous sports radio guy, calling in, making an accusation that fits right in with my assertion that this is a pedophile, a pedo bear ring that goes way, way beyond what we're seeing in the media. Have a listen to this. What, what's the next shoe to drop? You've certainly been on top of this, Mark. Uh, are we going to find out? Like- uh, Mark Madden, I think, is the guy. That, uh, is he, like, related to Coach Madden? Mark Madden? Or no. He, okay. So, but he's a radio... I know of. He's a radio guy, I guess. Like, in the next few days... The joke the, the jo- quashed the investigation in 98? Well... I can give you a rumor, and I can give you something I think might happen. Okay. Give us both. Give us both. Okay. I, I hear there's a rumor that there will be a more shocking development from the Second Mile Foundation. And hold on to your stomachs, boys. This is gross. I will, you know, I, I'll use the only language I can, that Jerry Sandusky and, and Second Mile were pimping out young boys to rich donors. <laughs> That's some fighting words. And I believe oh. it. That's a good one. I believe it. Well, I believe you, it. Yeah, it's a possibility. Come on, man. This 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 crap is rampant among the elites. They're so idiotic. They're so out of their minds. They don't know what to do with themselves, and they protect each other, and so it just grows and grows like a cancer. It's in politics. It's in sports. It's everywhere. It's it would have to. It, you know, this is the well, one. Well, t- the, the telling factor is the simple. It's just very simple and straightforward. And people, you know, we don't want to dwell on this topic because no. it's not really part of our show necessarily. Well, but they knew about it. The coach knew about it. Uh, uh, Child Paterno Protective knew Services about it, and they, knew about and the it. The head of the school knew about it. And instead of just divorcing themselves from this character and kicking him out and saying, "Go find some other place to screw around," and calling the cops, which they didn't do. They let him stay around, hang around in some way, shape, or form. And that, to me, means he either had something on somebody or it was a bigger story. And that's what I – so I would agree there's a bigger story here because this other – because I don't see any other excuse. And Child Protective Services, according to the documents, it says it right there that they said, oh, no, it's, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's all good. They're in on it. They are in on it. It's an evil organization. It's not even an organization. It's well, in just fact in Texas. That's for sure where you're going. Hey, thanks. Yeah, that's uh, thanks. No, no, no. The Texans are on to them, but you know they're still in business. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it was shocking to me. Shocking. And, I, and yeah. Whew. Anyway, it's also, of course, the distraction of the week, so we don't pay attention to uh, our 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 own government, our United States government, because this is what the Fast and Furious thing is about with Holder. Um, 
And you can already see it happening with, uh, let me just find, what's her name? Uh, Diane Feinstein. Ugh. My concern, Mr. Chairman, is there's been a lot said about Fast and Furious, and perhaps mistakes were made, but I think this hunt for blame doesn't really speak about the problem, Feinstein said during the Tuesday hearing, which I didn't get a clip of. The problem is, anybody can walk in and buy anything. 50 caliber weapons, sniper weapons, buy them in large amounts, send them down to Mexico. So the question really becomes, what do we do about this? What, what this is about, John, is the Obama administration, our very own government, having no qualms about killing people. Now, they only thought it would kill Mexicans. But killing Mexicans and possibly not even caring about the killing of U.S. border agents to repeal the Second Amendment and to get gun ownership out of our uh, Constitution. That's what this is about. And and that is the outrage, is that they re- they don't care. Hey, what's a couple of Mexicans? We don't give a shit. That's what's going on here. And that's what this was about. That's what the whole Fast and Furious thing was about, was to get gun ownership out of the Constitution. And now the puppets are starting to arise, and now we're starting to see the real truth. Well, one of my favorite events during this, these hearings is Cornyn uh, from Texas, grilling holder. Uh, he uh, insults him. This is actually a fairly long clip, if you, wanna, if you really want to play it. Uh, but it's got some good stuff in it. it twice, there's a couple of... At the, the beginning, he blasts him for being an idiot. And then he blasts him again for not doing anything about... Uh, you know, there's been no... There's been no uh, uh, sanctions against anybody. I mean, everyone's just gotten a pat on the back for the whole thing. And Cornyn wasn't putting up with it. Grassley's the guy who's who's pissed. Because he never, he's been sandbagged. And so he's the one that's the most mean on this, on this right, committee. Let me guess, Cornyn's a Democrat? No, Cornyn's a Republican. Ah, okay. And he g- gives it to him. Because what, what I was looking for, and I'll, we'll, I, I want to listen to the clip, I was looking for a Democrat to really blow it up. And that's that's what I was missing. I was miss- No, the Democrats were coming in there, and they were apologizing for him, and they, was, they whatever. The, Thank the you for your message. service. We appreciate all Thank you've done. Thank you for your service. You did a great job. And then, then that, what's his name? Franken comes in at the very last minute, doesn't hear any of this stuff. And drops in at the very end, and I, I had a clip, I, I dropped it, I, we had too many clips. By the way, this, so he, this completely confirms that Gabby Giffords is going to be our next president. You watch, <laughs> this confirms it, this confirms it, this is what it's all I, about. I, I like your, I, how you're adamant about this. So, so, uh, so uh, Franken comes in at the last minute, doesn't hear any of the thing, apologizes for coming at the last minute, he's the last guy to ask any questions, and he goes right into Holder with... Don't you think we should do something about school bullying? Eleven. Why would he let a letter? To <laughs> I did see this actually. Yeah, it was okay. false. Meanwhile, this is Cornyn. Um, right. Represent the position of the Department of Justice. Well, first off, the briefing, the blue and AAG Brewer brief, that was about wide receiver. That wasn't about fast and furious. It's funny because Mickey went like, "What a horrible name!" Because she doesn't know, I know the football terminology. She's like, "That's really sexist, wide receiver." I said, "No, honey, it's it's a, it's a football thing." And I'm like, yeah, oh. you're, yeah. I want to mention something here. You have to remember during this testimony that wide receiver was brought up late in the game of the of this attack on on the on the Republican uh, Fast and Furious program. As all well, Bush did it, yeah, Bush, yeah. Did Bush did it. it, yeah, he did it. It's all his fault. Yeah, it's all the same. It's all the same. And so Cornyn corrects that. This again doesn't get into the media. By the way, do you know the differences between wide receiver and Fast and Furious? I mean, do I know that? They're different operations. How about that? And so, do you know what the differences? 
the factual differences between wide receiver and fast and furious? Well, I mean, there are a number of differences, both, I think, in scope, um, both in terms of time. The the Bush administration was the one that started wide receiver. The Obama administration is where Fast and Furious began. Are you winging this, or do you actually know? (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, are you winging this douchebag? I know this. You know this? I know. Do you know that uh, wide receiver was done in conjunction with the government of Mexico, and the intention of the plan was to follow the weapons? And neither was there the uh, intention to follow the weapons on Fast and Furious, nor did Mexico know that the United States government was uh, allowing guns to walk into the hands of the cartels. Did you know that? Senator, I have not tried to equate the two. I've not tried to equate oh, wide crap. receiver yeah. <laughs> with, uh, with, with Fast John, we, we are the Woodward and Bernstein. Look at what we're uncovering. I mean, this should be headline news. Look at the New York Times. Is this on the front page of the New York Times? Well, let's take a look at today's New York Times. Uh, Kane's lawyer on accusing <laughs> says, think twice. <laughs> okay, there you go. No. What else Brooklyn's is Brooklyn's ailing hospitals care for the poor. Eurofear spread to Italy, which we can talk about. Maybe. Which we've been talking about for three weeks, okay. Yeah, weeks. Parks leader blocked plans for bottle ban. Woo! And finally, uh, the aspiring coach, this is about the Paterno scandal. So, no, there's nothing about holding. Nothing. Nothing inside either, really. Wow. Yeah, that's why. Uh, th- thanks for listening to the show. Please don't tell anyone or we'll get shut down like the New York Times and you won't get any information. Don't 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 get new listeners. We're fine this way. <laughs> In fact, I think we should thank some of our listeners. Oh, yeah. Let's thank a few. Uh, we have a bunch of we have a lot of people coming in uh, this week because of the one eleven eleven thing, which happens tomorrow. So we advise people you want to get in on, on the real numerolo- numerology of the whole thing. It'll be at 11-11, wherever your time zone is. Or I would do Greenwich Mean Time, personally. Yeah. Uh, at 11-11-11-11-11 and give 11-11-11-11-11. So we have uh, three nights, new ni- well, actually two, uh, three three new nights, and then Pelsmacher's uh, donated another $1,110.11 for sweepstakes, which we'll be discussing later. And I think we, that takes place tomorrow or Sunday. Uh, but let's start with um, my favorite uh, new eleven eleven night, which is Sam Malaro, mainly because we're talking about this is some serious numerology here. Chicago, Illinois, eleven one thousand eleven dollars eleven cents. I finally decided to get off my lazy ass and donate. My younger brother Mike and his girlfriend Jane made an in person donation to Ms. Mickey a couple of weeks ago in Austin, and it made me realize how big of a douchebag I've been. I'm the one who turned them on to the show, and they made a donation before I did. I can't have my little brother show me up. <laughs> and I figure this check goes a long way to re- rectifying the situation. This way, when I see my brother for the holidays, he can address me as Sir Sam and not Boner or Douchebag. <laughs> yeah, this, is, this will save your – donating to No Agenda saves your family during the holiday season. <laughs> I really appreciate the great work you two do, and I ask that you keep it up. The show keeps me thoroughly entertained, even when I think you go off the deep end, EK zero point energy. Yes, Adam. I also would like to ask for a little karma. Yeah. Hell yeah. Let me hit the karma. There you go. You've got karma. That's a big 11-11-11 karma for you there, Sam. So get this. He's donating $1,111.11 for 11-11-11, which is also on 11-11-11, his 33rd birthday. Coincidence? I think not. Love that. So I'm I'm thinking he's actually just uh, 
NSA guy giving us money. No, that's okay. Hey, love it. And you know what? We got to cherish today. Because this is it for the rest of the year. I mean, it's all downhill from here. You know that, oh, yeah. right? You know. Right. Well, I, I think Sunday, you know, we'll probably have a few more right. eleven, eleven right. people. People will and shoot their we got, wad, and then we're we're. And dead. then they start taking off because we got every year around Thanksgiving. Nobody even listens to the show, and they miss a lot of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, Any anyway, uh, Sir Ernie Ernst uh, from Milan Zurich came in. Uh, he does have a letter. Did he send you something? Because I didn't get it. No. Because I couldn't find an email from him except in October. No. So, Ernie, will read no. your email if you can, or Sir Ernie, yeah, if you re- can get us. Uh, yeah, send it again, please. Send it again to uh, Adam and myself, and he's in, uh, he's in Zurich. And uh, Scott Fisher, Manville, New Jersey, 111111. Uh, hey, John and Adam, greetings from Gitmo Nation. Smells like ass. Yay, Jersey! <laughs> Long-time boner, first-time donor. I've been listening to the show for the past 18 months, but I've never donated, even though I'm living the American dream of just getting by here in central Jersey. Please accept my donation of 11111 and call out my friend Dennis as a douchebag. Douchebag. He's been a fan just as long, but's never donated. Also, please give a shout out to the three retards. (laughs) (laughs) Hold on a second. Hey, everybody, a shout out to the three retards. Lastly, I would like to ask for a shot of karma for my daughter, Lauren. She's completing a Pop Warner cheerleading competition November 13th for a chance to go nation- to the Nationals in Orlando, Florida. Oh, so give her a yeah, absolutely. Karma. Here you go, Lauren. You've got karma. And then he fi- finishes with, thanks for putting together the, the best, best podcast, podcast in the universe. universe. And I hope to keep listening until the end of days. and then, which, uh, which is soon. Could be any minute. Uh, then we have uh, our final super executive editor would be uh, editor von Pelsmacher, Stephen von Pelsmacher's Baron, uh, who uh, is work. We've got a sweepstakes thing with him because he's going to give away uh, three knighthoods, yeah, two three, to three knighthoods, three three so, knighthoods uh, in the sweepstakes. And if you're one of the eleven dollars and eleven cent donors, then you uh, are automatically eligible for the Baron Stephen von Pelsmacher's Belgian sweeps, sweepstakes, uh, voidware prohibited by law. Which is probably everywhere. <laughs> no, yeah. Sir Glenn Mauricio in Charlottesville, Virginia, comes in as an executive producer, 395.80. John and Adam, in the morning, I was surprised to hear that I'd been awarded a knighthood sponsored by Surreal. He got one of the bonus yeah. knighthoods. For, yeah. Or another one, Pell's Markers gave away. I'd like to take a knee to offer my thanks for his generosity and swear fealty to my liege lord. <laughs> <laughs> we laugh, but it's not that crazy. Yeah, I was already on the path to knighthood through your 11-11-11 layaway plan to follow von, von, Baron von Pelsmacher's example of value for value, giving in support of the best best uh, podcast in, in the, the universe. universe. I'm submitting the balance for my 11-11-11 knighthood. Hopefully this will help with Adam's move and maybe buy John a nice bottle of vino. Yeah, it's very Brent kind. Young, Brent Young in uh, Los, Ange- Los Angeles, California, uh, in for three thirty three thirty three. Dwayne Melanson, uh, sir. He's just happy to see me go. That's why Brent is in. Yeah. <laughs> just happy to see you go. He's going good. Sir uh, Dwayne Melanson in Tigard, Oregon. Uh, ITM from Sir Dwayne can't afford 11, 11, 11, 11, 11 right now, but I can afford 11, 11, dot 11 times three. This also completes my third night. Who'd like to get one of the version two rings if they become available size 13? My old one was a 12.5 and it's a bit too small. 
You've been doing amazing shows lately. I should challenge all the douches who are freeloading should get off their asses and send you some cash. This is to the douches. Yeah, we're good. Maybe you were emailing a picture or something? No? Are those guys stealing my Wi-Fi? Yeah, they're probably. Are they uploading porn? downloading porn. <laughs> Tell them to stop downloading porn and get back to work. Richard Haskins in Stephen City, Virginia, 33333. Greg, Sir Black Knight, Greg Birch, the dentist of the Pacific Northwest, is in for 32989. He says, my office is 1111. The address is 1111. This donation of 329.89 puts donations of 2111.11, and my son joins us at the round table. Hey, cool. He's converting students at his university to no agenda every day. He's also contributed artwork to the podcast, so he's worthy of the title on this proud day. With tears in my eyes, please welcome Michael Burst to the order, which we'll do at the break. Thank you for keeping the show humble and uncorrupted. You you may be our last hope, Sir Gregory Birch, DDS, Black Knight. P.S. We're hoping for the Hot Pockets tour makes it up north before he finishes off John's wine collection. Apparently, they've invaded the cellar. Uh-oh. You, wait a minute. You're, you're, you're keeping your wine collection. Oh, at your own place up there, you mean. So, wait a minute. Yeah. Sir Birch is in there, like, felching your wine? I don't know. Uh, wow. I'm going to put a, I'm gonna have to put a camera in there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who knows who goes into that room? Yeah. I, it There's a lot of wine up there, too. You know, it's been you. taking longer for the spreadsheet to get done. Maybe Buzzkill Jr. is, like, helping himself to... <laughs> Henry Reese in Nagoya, Japan, came in with 21111. This donation is for show 11111 from Gitmo Nation Sushi, Nagoya, Japan. Human resource 424... I'm sorry. Human resource 243584690. I have a few years on you both. Long time douchebag could use a de douching. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> You've been de douched. It came to me during the student riots of the 60s and 70s that they gave us freedom of speech because no one listens. <laughs> I yeah. found that to be the case too. Yeah. Thank you for doing such a great job of listening. I need a shot of karma uh, for all the pastime. Pastime teachers in Japan who have lost classes for next year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There's a little bit of karma for you. You've got karma. There you go. Uh, and finally, our last associate executive producers is Charles A. Rovira from Jersey City. That's just interesting. Another uh, Jersey. Jersey. Yeah. My wife, Lee, is going for a job as a teacher. She's good at it, too. I'd like to send her some karma to help her secure it. Frankly, we'd use the money, too. Uh, yeah, of course. Can't we all? Hell yeah. You've got karma. And also, we want to uh, congratulate uh, Eric, the shill, and his wife, Dee, because 11-11 is their anniversary. Oh, really? Well, that's nice. Yeah, well, the whole family does, you know, these. We, we, we actually work with these numbers. Well, uh, the numbers are important, and uh, and and I'm happy to see that people take the karma seriously. We have no other; uh, we only have proof that that the stuff works. And putting the numerology into it, this you know, who knows? We're uncovering the secrets of the universe. Who knows? All I, I mean, it's it's just it's fun too. It is fun, absolutely. Well, we highly appreciate uh, all the support. And, of course, um, uh, probably going to expect a lot of people to come in with more knighthoods for uh, the big 1111. Uh, in fact, I, you know, I donate to several different things, and I'm donating 1111. Well, not 1111, but I'm donating a series of 11s on 1111 at 1111 a.m. Uh, and I think that's what a lot of people are doing. Seems to be, uh, seems to be the thing to do. It should bring down PayPal. <sighs> yeah. Uh, 
Anyway, I want to thank all our executive producers, associate executive producers, and remind people to go to Dvorak.org slash NA, channeldvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com, and noagendanation.com, where you can also buy a slave T-shirt or a mug and uh, help us out for the Sunday show, which I believe probably uh, we had a good day today. You know, I think Sunday might be a day you can pick up a quick uh, uh, executive producership uh, right. on the cheap. And so, uh, but, it, but there could be, you know, tomorrow is a big day. I mean, I would be... Looking forward to some interesting numbers coming our way. And ones. It, ones. And Lots it's, uh, of ones. At noagendanation.com uh, is where you can also buy, uh, I think it's going on sale, the uh, hot chick version of the slave t-shirt, which Miss Mickey received as a test and has been approved. It's a new cut. It's uh, a girl's cut. It's a girl's cut. Yeah. It's much better than the, the guy's. How does it look? <laughs> Smoking. Yeah, I put a dog collar on her too, though, just just to complete the whole thing, make it look. Well, you should have a no agenda dog collar. That's a great idea. Dvorak dot org <laughs> slash na. Thanks to our eleven eleven donors and uh, our associate executive producers, as well as our executive producers. Uh, it's highly appreciated. You are giving us hope, and of course, there is another thing you can all do, which is simply propagating the formula. Our formula is this: we go out, we hit people in the mouth. Wear the chick version of it. Shut up, slave. Hey, before we get into the meat of the show, if we have any meat, since I think we already ate much of it. Um, now I got meat. I got a thing for you. I, this is kind of an ask Adam, but, you know, you had this theory, which I've always kind of, I've always, you know, taken semi-seriously, but it's always been interesting to me. And it's not, a, it's not on the crackpot side of the, of the show. It's... Uh, Play, uh, you know, you said that your Boeing would kill somebody, and then Airbus would kill right. somebody. Yeah, it's the it's the Airbus uh, Boeing war because it's billions of dollars, hundreds of billions of dollars involved. Absolutely, people get killed over less. Yeah, like Mexicans to remove our Second Amendment. So uh, play this one and tell me what do you think this is all about? Aerobatic plane kills pilot. Uh oh, of what went wrong. It is with great regret that I can confirm that there has been a ground incident involving one of the Royal Air Force Aerobatic Team Hawks at RAF Scampton that has resulted in the death of the pilot. The pilot was ejected from the aircraft whilst the aircraft was on the ground. Oh. This is the view from inside a Red Arrow's Hawk. All of them are fitted with ejector seats. They're used as a last resort in the air. But the inquiry will now focus on why today's ejection happened on the airfield apron. There are lots and lots of safety mechanisms built into the seat. And whatever else pilots do, they respect ejection seats. Uh, they are very dangerous bits of equipment. The Red Arrows thrill crowds across Britain every summer, flying just a few feet apart from each other. But today's incident comes just weeks after the death of Flight Lieutenant John Egging. He was killed following a display over Bournemouth. His fellow team members flew over Lincoln Cathedral for his memorial service nine days ago. Late this afternoon, the aircraft involved in today's incident was covered up, awaiting a detailed inspection. But once again, the planes flown by the Red Arrows are grounded while an inquiry takes place. But the Ministry of Defence says other Hawks flown by the RAF will continue to operate. Danny Savage, BBC News, at RAF. Well, um, I don't know much 
about uh, uh, about this particular topic, but I do believe that this is highly unlikely that an ejector seat could have premature ejection while on the ground. Uh, that uh, it's not just it's not like oh I tripped over the handle. It's not that simple. Um. And it sounds like yeah, you have to go through a rigmarole to, to get that thing. Well, uh, and also the re- I, I believe the reason why the the uh, the airman perished is because the canopy did not explode off. Uh, but he basically went through the canopy, and of course he got crushed because you know you essentially have a rocket strapped to your ass. Well, um, even so, I, I, my understanding is if you get ejected from the ground. You go up about ten stories in the air, and then the shoot opens. Shoot but opens it, yeah. it doesn't have time to deploy, and you just basically it's like you jumped off a ten-story building. Yeah, but the way it happens is first the canopy explodes off, then the seat goes, and it, I believe what happened here is he went straight through the canopy. Uh, ouch! <laughs> yeah, to say the least. So, uh, um, hey, you know, it's like British electrical stuff. What do you want? What do you want me to say? Not good. It's sad. Thanks for bumming me out, dude. Yeah, let me turn around and do it to you. Christine Lagarde, uh, who, of course, after uh, Dominique Strauss-Kahn was effectively removed by lies. Uh, she is now the shill of the International Monetary Fund. The white knight, as she calls it. You know, the white knight who's going to save the world. This 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 horse face is going to save us from uh, what she's calling. Well, listen to what she calls it. Really? Clouds. This is her in China, by the way. Of course, she's over in China, like, hey, <laughs> I did it for you. <laughs> on the horizon. Clouds on the horizon, particularly in the advanced economies. I love it how they always have to get all philosophical and metaphorical. Clouds on the horizon. John, do you see the clouds on the horizon over Europe? Do you see them? Mm, the yeah. clouds. And particularly so uh, in the European Union but also as well in the United States of America where growth has been far below potential and where unemployment has remained much higher than ever experienced before. Our sense is that... That, by the way, is interesting. She's saying unemployment is higher than ever experienced before, which essentially refutes the official numbers. Yeah, well, we know from the shadow stats operation in San Francisco which is a guy who does real analysis of these numbers, that the numbers that are, especially our numbers from the U.S. government, are bogus. Mm-hmm. They're not even the same numbers, the same calculation we used to do even 20 years ago. No. But if you go back and look at this, the way the calculations were done during the Great Depression, our numbers are closer to 30% unemployment than they are 9 Right, and that would make sense. That would corroborate what she just said there, and you would presume that she knows what she's talking about. Because during the Great Depression, we had, what, 25%? Was that kind of the 33. number? 33. It hit 33, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, really? 33, huh? Uh, well, it's uh-huh, just... Uh-huh. Are you just making <laughs> that up, or is that magic number? No, it's something oh, it... like that, yeah. It's uh-huh. close. Okay, well, higher than ever before, she says. If we do not act boldly, and if we do not act together, the economy around the world runs the risk of a downward spiral of uncertainty. A spiral. Spiral, douche. It's a spiral. It's a spiral. <laughs> From now she on. Li- she lived in the United States, I think, most of her in life. In Chicago. It's a spiral. Well, she's reading, obviously. Uh, what is that word? Uh, spiral. Whatever. Spiral. It's a squirrel. Spiral. Financial instability and a potential collapse of global demand. Yoo-hoo. Ultimately, we could 
run the risk of what some commentators are already calling a lost decade. The lost decade, as in decade, I think is what she means. The lost decade. So 10 years, John, 10 years. There you got it. 10 years of crap, everybody. <laughs> 10 whole years of bull crap. I the, the worst part about this is not a lost decade. It's actually two lost decades because when the uh, <laughs> 9-11 happened and then the, you know, we had a whole series of problems in the year 2000. We had the dot-com collapse. <laughs> we had Y2K money-wasting exercise that broke most of the IT departments in the whole around the world because yeah. of Y2K. Yeah. And then we had the 9-11 thing, which which sunk all the airlines and changed the uh, the entire uh, stock market's uh, configuration. And they had to bring in all these, you know, all these kinds of new and then we had the collapse of 2008 i mean this has been this started in 2000 and it's continued and will continue it's gonna it's not getting any better no, no for 10 years it's a spiraling lost decade yeah a spiraling you know last night the kids were over because you know saying goodbye and everything and uh and we're talking about that they don't have a tv no and none of none of their friends have tvs or anything it's weird no, they don't care. They yeah, don't, well, that's they, but it's still know, weird. They might watch some stuff on Hulu, but that's about it. Netflix, yeah. maybe. And I said, uh, "Do you know what's going on with like Italy or Greece?" And, and and the answer was, "No, but I know about the whaling thing in Denmark." I was like, "Okay, yeah, <laughs> that, that's that's our that's our our millennials, everybody." So one other elitist would just to play. Yeah, sorry. Well, I, I don't I don't want to turn this into a shaggy dog story by by changing the topic because I want to get back to this. But when you mention the millennials, you know I've got this show that's on Mevio runs. People should check it out. It's called Generation X Three Show. dot com, and I have three millennials on the show, and we talk about the news of the day from you know I so I can be basically aghast. Mm-hmm. At what the millennials think, because they argue with each other about certain things that I don't. Many of these things I don't even know about. But I was talking to a friend of mine, like the uh, whaling yesterday. thing in Denmark. Had you ever yeah. heard of that? No, no, <laughs> of course not. But they knew they, they, they were, their whole, which is why I think the show is interesting. It's one of the more interesting things I've, I think I've done recently. I mean, this is what we do here is the best thing ever. But that this kind of interesting to listen to these kids, and one of them, the the woman on there, Dorian. She made this comment because we're talking about jobs and unemployment. And by the way, they're all Ron Paul feet. They're all huge fans of Ron Paul. That's good. And don't get why he's getting no coverage. And but then they just kind of then drift off into something else. (laughs) Then they're like, "Uh, uh, "Where's my iPhone?" But she says that she knows she has a lot of friends. She's she knows nobody who is unemployed. Everybody in her age group that she, that all her friends and every, all her associates are really? all have jobs. Really? And I was talking to, to, with a friend of mine and he mentioned that all of his friends are all, you know, in their fifties and sixties. None of them have jobs. They've all been replaced by these cheap, these yeah, cheap, cheap millennials, millennials who work for nothing. Apparently. Yeah. Well, that's it. That's how it's working. Yeah. In with well, the old, in with the new, out with the old. Well, that's exactly what uh, Haiku Herman um, is requesting in uh, the United States of Europe. We just got to get a whole bunch. If you listen to this, which, by the way, is edited as a video on his own homepage, which sounds like a Nazi propaganda piece, particularly the applause that's edited in on the end. It'll crack you up. He's basically saying... Uh, you know, we, we have to look at the supply of, uh, uh, of what our workers do. He's just saying we need slaves is what he's saying. And I think that's the plan. In the midst of the Eurozone crisis, crisis. crucial for our future, crisis. 
At work and in their private life, the way they develop them and the way they acquire new ones and skills is really what matters yeah. for individuals because skills have an increasing impact on success at the labor market and, so, and on social participation and for economies at large because failure to ensure a good skill match has both short-term consequences, the so-called skill shortages. Ah, is this so? Hey, stop with the slide whistle! You're interrupting my clip. I'm sorry. The so-called is so poetic. I, I, music is needed. Uh, true. Okay, but then play a little ditty, uh, and get ready for the applause. Play a little ditty uh, softly. And long-term effects on economic growth and equality of opportunities. <laughs> and the demand for skills is these recent years rapidly changing. And that's why, if we want the union's economies to grow, and I definitely want it, we should first of all look at the skill supply. Yes. We cannot change our economies without changing our skill supply. What is this This bull crap? This should be our first priority. Heil Hermann! Heil Hermann! Heil Hermann! Heil Hermann! We need skills. We need the skill supply. We need skills. It is my first priority. Heil Hermann. This is bad. <laughs> He's really moving to the forefront. You got to watch this guy. Yeah, no, I think you're right. You had your eye on him from the get-go. And or actually, who it was Farage. Right. Who turned us on to this guy being what he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah I think he's dangerous. He's like a Newton. He's a, he's a uh, proto-Hitler. Yeah. He, and he's different style. Yeah, he's from Belgium, though. The new style. <laughs> it's new school. It's uh, the re- the remix. So there was a conference, an oil conference in Houston. And well, before uh, we get out to Europe, thing, can I throw one interesting little side clip in? Yeah, of course. Well, this is about Europe, too. Of course. I, I was listening to the uh, um, British Parliament yeah. on C-SPAN for hours, mm-hmm. and... Uh, and I, there was nothing good because now that now that I know and you know, we all know that this rehearsed, largely rehearsed, even though I think yeah, yeah, where they, where they know the questions ahead of time. They know the questions and they're approved. But one of the MPs came up and I see if you can spot it. But I think you know how we're always looking for new words to describe yeah. an old, you know, like you you mentioned Europe, Europe, Europe. There's apparently a, a little better term for Europe. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that this guy drops into his little commentary, and I said, wow, there you go. That's perfect. No agenda name. He's an actor showing you're not only a good neighbor, you're on another planet. Yeah, yeah. Mr. John Redwood. There is danger of the Euro crisis now spreading to Italy. Can the Prime Minister tell me what the uh, leaders of Euroland said they would do by way of buying Italian bonds or offering subsidized loans to Italy to head off the crisis in the market there? So there's a reason for the Euroland, which I like, because it's like Disneyland, only uh, only less fun. <laughs> and it's a hell of a lot more expensive. Have you heard it before? 
No, but I, I think uh, this is part of a meme because they're now talking about creating a secondary Europe, which is the 17 countries that actually use the monetary unit, uh, uh, you know, the, the original uh, 17, and they want to, you know, basically bond together and say, hey, everybody else, screw off, you know, go, go pound sand, and maybe that is what Euroland will become. So I think that is uh, that's the possibility there. But I like it. I think we should keep calling it Euro- United States of Euroland. It's a new one. Euroland. Euroland. Yeah. Yeah. Euroland. It's got I a like nice it. catchy. Anyway, I'd go on back to the oil. Oil. Okay. So there was a conference uh, about oil in Houston, and there was some covert recording, which is not hard to do, of course. Yeah. You know, and p- people who go to conferences, they do send me stuff all the time, which I thoroughly enjoy. Uh, although usually it's pretty boring, or the audio is really, really bad. Uh, but this is pretty good. This is a guy uh, who's talking about uh, fracking. Now, we know that fracking is a huge problem. Uh, here's the two things that mainly happen. Uh, one is you get earthquakes, like Oklahoma, and the other one is your the water that comes out of your faucet uh, is flammable. <laughs> These are not small things. And if you don't believe me, just YouTube it, and you'll see you know people lighting their faucet on fire as the water comes out because they're shooting water with high speed in to pressure the gas out. And it's it's uh. It, 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 let me mention something about this. Uh, they have one of the things that people have to note on this. Well, you know, it's just fracking has been proven to be safe and all the rest of it, even though we have all these incidents. They will not tell us what they're using to pump into the ground at below the water table, supposedly, right. to create the fracking thing. I have been convinced from the beginning. I have no proof of this, by the way, but they're so secretive about the liquid they pump in that they are taking hazardous industrial waste. And doing a double deal here. In other words, they're doing the fracking and getting rid of this stuff at the same time. How about uh, maybe uh, they're using the fluoride, which comes from aluminium production? It could be that and anything else that they could shove in there. Apparently, it doesn't make any difference what it is. It's just a witch's brew. But I'm very suspicious about that, what they're doing with this, why they're, what they're up to here. So the, the issue that was discussed at this conference is, of course, uh, the slaves who are getting all uppity. The slaves are all, you know, like, hey, stop doing this. I don't want earthquakes. I don't want my, uh, you know, I might drop my smoke into the toilet while I'm pooping and my butt would explode. You know, let's stop doing this. So uh, they, <laughs> the speaker here gives us some handy tips on how to control the population's uh, thinking pattern. I think we have to get out ahead of all these issues. Everybody knows, knows this. We've talked a lot about it. Um, one thing that we've worked a lot on at Range is just getting more proactive in the community. It's not something that we've done before. In other parts of the nation, it makes no sense for us to do that. In other parts, in Pennsylvania, for instance, we have several. Um, I think Matt raised the issue of, of looking to other industries, in this case the, the Army and the Marines. We have several former PSYOPs folks that work for us at Range because they're very comfortable in dealing with um, localized issues and local governments. Really, all they do is spend most of their time helping folks uh, develop local ordinances and things like that. But very much having that understanding of psyops in the, in the army and in the Middle East has applied very helpfully here uh, for us in, in Pennsylvania. Yes, psyops. What the psyops? psyops? <laughs> yeah, they're using psyops on the population. <laughs> and wait, if you want to know how to do it, he tell he actually tells you what to do. So. Uh, 
again, this is all industry stuff. Let's talk about this plan and, and how we executed our media plan. If you're a PR... This is the media plan. This is the PR. It's like, all right, how do we promote that fracking is good? Your, your faucet burning is good. Earthquakes are good. How do, how do we promote it? What tools can we utilize? Representative in this industry, in this room today, recommend you do three things. Um, these are three things that I've read recently that are uh, pretty interesting. Download the uh, U.S. Army slash Marine Corps counterinsurgency manual. <laughs> Because we are dealing with an insurgency. Uh, There's a lot of good lessons in there. And uh, coming from a military background, I've found the insight in that extremely remarkable. With that said, there's a course provided by Harvard and MIT uh, twice a year. It's called Dealing with an Angry Public. Take that course. And tie that to the uh, Army Marine Corps counterinsurgency manual is that uh, a lot of the officers in our military are attending this course. It gives you the tools, it gives you the media tools on how to deal with a lot of the uh, controversy that we as an industry are dealing with. And third, thirdly, I have a copy of Rumsfeld Rules. Uh, if you're all familiar with Donald Rumsfeld, that's, that's kind of my Bible, by the way, I operate. The Rumsfeld rules. These guys are terrorists. This is unbelievable. This is a great clip. Whoever got it for us, yeah, uh, it must have been at the meeting. It was at the yeah. He was uh, the Network dot com is where this showed up. I mean, I, I'm like, really? We're dealing with an insurgency. That's 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 law abiding citizens who don't want their butt burning or earthquakes. You're insurgents. We need the Rumsfeld rules. What are the Rumsfeld rules, by the way? I don't know. We, now we, have, now we need second. probably some, some, some... I'm guessing it's some bull crap that Rumsfeld uh, blathered out when during that era when he was saying, hey, it's not a guerrilla war, it's not this, it's not that. Oh, here it is. It's a, there's actually a PDF uh, available of the Rumsfeld rules, I see, on the, on the Googles. The Rumsfeld rules written in 1980. This is the Bible, yeah. John. It's a book. It's a book. Oh. oh, it's a little PDF book. Oh, don't Here's accept the first the, edition of it. Let's see. Don't begin to think you're the president. You're not. The Constitution provides for only one. In the execution of presidential decisions, work to be true to his views in fact and tone. Hmm. I don't know. I got now. I got to read this. The Rumsfeld serving rule. in government, serving in the White House. He's got lots of rules, keeping your bearings in the White House, doing the job in the White House. I bet you there's some really funny stuff in here. i got to look through this. I bet this is great. (laughs) Think of dealing with Congress as a revolving door. You'll be back to today's opponents for their help tomorrow. Really? Presidential proposals will need a member of Congress's support on some issue at some time, regardless of philosophy, party, or the positions on other issues. Don't allow White House links to members to be cut because he or she may disagree on some or even many issues. Wow. Public servants are paid to serve the public. Do it well. Well, uh, they can skip that one. <laughs> wow. This is quite interesting. It's fantastic. Yeah. So another- With the press, there is no off the record. That's funny. Well, interestingly enough, there was an, a very funny moment uh and, and of course, wait, 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 stop, stop. I got to read this. There are only three responses to questions from the press. One, I know and will tell you 
I know and I can't tell you and I don't know. That's all you ever say. <laughs> That's it. I don't know. <clears throat> anyway, go on. Sorry. Well, there was a, a little kerfuffle over there in uh, at the Cannes Film Festival when, um, if you hadn't heard about this, it's all over the news now. So the, the, what was said is not even that interesting, which, of course, is what the news media is focusing on. What's interesting oh, here... Oh, on the, uh, the, the Sarkozy Obama thing? Yeah, here, listen to the, the BBC report on in it. In the scenes at the G20 summit in France last week, President Obama and President Sarkozy are having a chat. The topic, the Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu. Mr. Sarkozy says, I can't stand him anymore. He's a liar. <laughs> I can't stand He's a liar. He's such a liar. <laughs> Mr. Obama replies, you're sick of him. I have to deal with him every day. <laughs> I love the inflection <laughs> on his reader. It's like, he's, I'm sure Obama had probably had the No Agenda soundboard and went, hey, man, the guy's total douchebag. The conversation was picked up by microphones, which presumably neither president thought was switched on. That sort of thing has happened before in the UK, and it's been headline news. But here's the curious thing. Those comments were made last Thursday, but the French reporters who heard it apparently agreed not to publish what they heard. So th this is what's interesting about it. And uh, AP actually you know, put out a whole you know, rationale behind, uh, you know, well, it's not the culture in France. You know, if if it's uh, off the record, then it's private, and then we can't publish it. it. Really, this is what the news media has come to. You know, it's it's kind of a, an interesting thing that was being said here. Um, you know, it's uh, newsworthy to say the least, and everyone just kept it secret until finally some blogger, you know, some news guy who who blogs somewhere, finally uh, put it out there and said, "Hey, this is not okay." But this is this is what happens with your news. The, the, it's purposely kept quiet. And from what I understand, they made the journalists sign an agreement not to publish it. it that is the definition of abhorrent right there. <laughs> Unbelievable. Although um, well. Gene Simmons, uh, front man of KISS, has uh, his own take on, on this. Gene, Gene Simmons... I'm not sure why, but for some reason he's in the press a lot, and he gets in on on uh, Fox and it's Friends. He's got a reality show. Oh right, <laughs> duh. Sorry. Yeah. Hello. Yeah. The no, yeah the uh, the what is it? The family jewels. Yeah. Duh. Stupid of me. Here's his take on the matter. Hey, your take on the interaction okay, let me, let me. from London. Number one, uh, President Sarkozy, who's actually Hungarian and not French. I would tell him in Hungarian because I speak fluent Hungarian and any number of other languages, te hülye vagy, mit beszélsz, te nem is tudok mit te beszélsz. What I'm saying is, you're crazy, uh, <laughs> and other superlatives like that. You're out of your mind. If you had to pick one, one leader out of the Middle East in which to lend your support to and believe that it's, they're always going to be there to back you up, right. Take one country out of the Middle East. Right. Who are you going to go to? Hamas-led or Hezbollah-led governments? <laughs> or the people who are going to go and, and carry the sure. flag of democracy everywhere? The best friend America's ever had in the Middle East are the Israelis. Sure. Period. Hey, so, okay. So, you think it was for the reality show? You think that's why he was on? Uh-uh. But he does have something to promote. Gene, you just did some, uh, what sounded to us, uh, although we don't speak Hungarian, it sounded like it was f very fluent. Now, if, if the three of us wanted to, for instance, go online and, and speak to somebody in... Listen to this setup. Hungarian or French, would you have any idea how we could do that? 
You're, you're leading the witness, Your Honor, and I appreciate it. You put it right <laughs> over the plate, and I'm about to hit it right out of the park. All right. Uh, in the interest of full disclosure before the fact, I'm a partner in Ortsbo.com, O-R-T-S-B-O.com, the world's largest universal language translator. <laughs> the guy has no shame. And they set him up for it, too. It's like, all right, here's what you do. We'll ask you about this. You say something in Hungarian, then we'll lead into it, and then you can promote it. And, of course, Simmons is so... Uh, unashamed of anything he does that he he literally just says oh well yeah thanks for setting me up uh, <laughs> here it is everything on television is a promotion ladies and gentlemen everything of course all of this uh, is all out there for a reason I, I think the uh, i think someone said you know what go ahead and talk about this thing because we need to uh, we need to position israel uh uh, properly, we need to open up the debate because the International Association of uh, International Atomic Energy Association released the uh, report on Iran's nuclear weapons. Finally, and uh, I, of course, read the report, so you don't have to. Did you read the report by any chance, John? No, 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 no. no, 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 no. no I'm no. still reading the jobs bill. Uh, I got that too, by the way. Oh, did you finally find the, uh, yeah, the gotcha? I, yeah, I might have found something. Let, let, uh, me, let me finish this first. Okay. So, um, by the way, first of all, the president, uh, before this came out, uh, sent a message to Congress. Our relations, our relations with Iran have not yet returned to normal. And the process of implementing the agreements with Iran, dated January 19, 1981, is still underway. For these reasons, I've determined it is necessary to continue the national emergency declared November 14th, 1979. <laughs> so we still have a national emergency with Iran. So I read the report. The what? Re yeah. yeah. Yeah, we have a national emergency that uh, was put in since 1979. Apparently it's been renewed every single year. And it will now be uh, continued beyond November 14th, 2011, when it was supposed to expire. So national emergency, alert, alert, alert. <clears throat> so I read this report. Here's what the report says. The report says uh, we couldn't find anything. However, we did get a report from a member state, which we cannot name, who gave us thousands of pages of intelligence that says they're building a nuclear bomb. Now, how stupid is this? And to add insult to injury, they say they also found documents in Libya that prove that they have a nuclear bomb. And I'm only waiting for them to say... in the Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I'm waiting for them to say, in the cache of documents we found at Osama bin Laden's lair in his compound, we also had some proof. Yeah, they probably ran out of time for that one. So a thousand-page document from an undisclosed member state, which they call evidence, says, yeah, it looks like they, uh, they got a nuke. But we couldn't find anything. And, uh, and uh, the Iranians wouldn't let us see everything. Total setup. And by the way, why shouldn't they have a, a nuclear bomb? Everyone's got them. What's the problem? Well, their fear amongst the think tank guys is the. Uh, it's really not that Iran's with their nuclear. You know, I mean, it's not like we can't dev, you know just level a place if we wanted to. It's that once they get one, it's believed that every other Arab state is going to be freaked, and so they're all going to want theirs. 
And so you're going to have an entire Middle East armed to the teeth. That's why Israel never says that they actually have one. They have like two or three hundred. Armed to the teeth with nukes that are right. just, it's just not a healthy situation. So uh, under the We Can't Wait banner, President Obama uh, sent out an executive order, which is part of his American Jobs Act. Uh, to cut waste, streamline government operations. So, again, not waiting for Congress, uh, just saying, screw it, we can't wait, we've got to go. Uh, that was executive order number one. Then in the Federal Register, the Agriculture Department announced uh, a $0.15 cent charge on all fresh Christmas trees, the so-called Christmas tree tax, to support a new federal program to improve the image and marketing of the Christmas tree. I think that uh, that falls under the head of so they mark it. Yeah. Yeah, 15 cent charge on all Christmas trees, a tax, so we can improve the image and marketing of the poor Christmas tree. Oh, is it the image of the Christmas tree down the tubes? Apparently, yeah. We <laughs> I, need to improve the image and marketing of the Christmas tree? That's what it says. <laughs> it's ludicrous. Yeah, of course it is. Yeah. So, uh, how many trees do you think they sell a year? Yeah, we we estimate about almost a hundred million. Well, hey, how, hey. how much is that at fifteen cents a pop? Yeah, yeah, that's like fifteen. Is that like fifteen million or uh, or one point five million? The uh, I think it's fifteen, isn't it? Fifteen million. Yeah, it's stupid. Okay, so I went through the American Jobs Act for you, John, uh, as requested. Uh, as I tempted you yeah you did tempt me there's only one thing i could find and okay and that is the auction of the 700 megahertz spectrum there's a whole piece in there uh that we have to auction off the 700 megahertz spectrum for commercial use and i think as i look at the you know who's who's the biggest supporter of uh, of Obama. Well, the healthcare industry, really. Not really. The insurance companies. Not really. AT&T. AT&T? AT&T is the biggest supporter. Now, AT&T... So, okay, so what you're going to say is that AT&T wants that spectrum, A, and... Oh, I got it. I got it. I got a scenario. Okay. Go on. Yeah, well, yours no, it, we're, on the, we're on the same page. Go ahead. My say scenario it. is that AT&T says, hey... We want to buy T-Mobile. Uh-huh. And then the government says, no, you can't buy T-Mobile. No, no, we do. We have to buy it. We have to buy it. We have to buy it. And so they finally actually have the balls to keep them from buying a T-Mobile. They say, well, since you can't buy T-Mobile, we do have a make good. Yep. Come on down. You can have the 700 megahertz frequencies. Which uh, uh, enables them to compete with uh, Verizon's 4G and the LTE. Yeah. That's exactly right. That's exactly it. I think that's so, they, so the T-Mobile thing is a total scam. You watch. Right. I guarantee. Here's what's going to happen: the next executive order, we can wait for it because we can't wait. Will be the auctioning off of the 700 megahertz spectrum because we need essential broadband, wireless broadband services for emergency purposes. That's what you can almost expect to happen. That will be one of the next executive orders. So that AT because AT he needs the money. And AT&T has poured in uh, $45 million. And AT&T asked the FCC to approve 
the Spectrum auction. Let me see when the, I think this was in February when they asked when they said, "Hey, we need this." Let me just see what the date is on this. May. I'm sorry, May nineteenth. So I think it's uh, and that's a, you know that's a big deal. The new requests are similar to requests AT and T made in February. There you go. Would ask the FCC to approve a purchase of some 700 megahertz spectrum licenses from privately held Whidbey Telephone Company, which operates in the state of Washington, to augment its GSM and UMTS networks. Those licenses lie in the lower 700 megahertz B block and lower 700 megahertz C block. AT&T plans to launch LTE sometime this year and plans to cover up to 75 million people with LTE by the end of 2011. There you go. We can't wait. We got to get LTE, i.e. 4G, out there as soon as possible. And this will be the next executive order under the auspices of we, ca- we can't wait for uh, emergency broadband wireless services. Want to put it in the book? I just, I just did. Okay. There you go. Um, it's an interesting uh, thesis. I like it for a number of reasons. It, it explains a couple of the crazy things that it, during the Holder uh, hearings that, that I have the clips from, there w- this was brought up a couple of times. These Democrats who couldn't really say anything bad because they're essentially a stooges for the executive branch, which makes me wonder why Congress even exists. <laughs> There's no reason for it. <laughs> so, That's uh, clear. They, so the stooges go and they and they everyone go, oh, you know, we're really happy that you're. Uh, holding your own with the T-Mobile versus AT&T thing. I hope you keep it up. That's that right. That came from the Democrats, and that would all seem like, who cares? Why would you, you know, he's either going to do it or he's not. I mean, what's the point of wasting the time, you know, tick, tick, tick going on? Yeah. Yep. So, okay. Yeah, that's probably, that could be, it's part of it. I'm sure there's, there's got to be more than just the one thing. Well, but though. that's that's a big one for the money, for the fundraising. Cause, you know, yeah, no, he needs money. He needs the money. That's why he's he in a rush to get this stuff through because he's got to, you know, it's, a, you know, it's like, hey, yeah, as soon as we get our money, we'll give you some of it. Yeah, and it's going to be all the that's good stuff. That's why, and it's got to be sooner than later, especially if he bails out from the campaign and takes the money with him. Which is uh, totally legal and tax-free. Yeah, well, you put it in a foundation. Yeah. Oh, speaking of speaking of which, I got really pissed off because uh, I keep going to uh, ClintonFoundation.org uh, to find their 2010 uh, for IRS Form 990 filing because because yeah. I, I want to know what happened to the money that they raised um, for Haiti because as you recall, the way they did it was. They first brought the money into the Clinton Foundation and into uh, George Bush's Texas uh, Foundation. Uh, let me just look it up for you. I'll tell you what it was, the name of it. Um, and, you know, they literally stood there with President Obama. Uh, here, where is it? Uh, 100% of the, uh, this is this is I'm reading directly. President Clinton and President Bush oversaw the Clinton Bush Haiti Foundation through their respective nonprofit organizations, the William J. Clinton Foundation and the Communities Foundation of Texas, which is huge, by the way, like a hundred, a hundred million dollars, I mean, a hundred billion dollars, like crazy. One hundred percent of donations received by the Clinton Foundation and the Communities Foundation of Texas were promised to go directly to relief efforts. So the money came through their own organizations first in 2010. We had all the superstars like, oh, we are the world. We are the Haitians. Everyone was texting money. You know, don't send uh, water or blankets. We just need cash. I know a lot of people want to send blankets or water. Just send your cash. So I've been waiting for IRS Form 990, which is required 
by all nonprofits. They have to publish this. It's past the October 17th date. They've still not updated on their website. I've been to every single organization. There are only two organizations uh, that make uh, IRS Form 990s available to the public. Neither one of them has a copy of it. So I started Clinton990.org. Clinton990.org. And I have a uh, prepared and pre-filled IRS form, which, uh, you know, uh, here it is. It's form 13909, a tax-exempt organization complaint form. And it's uh, pre-populated with the name of organization, William J. Clinton Foundation, uh, uh, organization employer identification number 31-158-0204, uh, nature of violation checked off for your convenience. Organization refused to disclose or provide a copy of Form 90, 990. Organization failed to file required federal tax returns and forms. I have the deep, the names of the person. So I have uh, the CEO, the CFO, and the founder, which includes Clinton, Bruce Lindsay, and Andrew Kessel. And then most importantly, under submitter information, there's a little checkbox, which I've pre-checked for you, which says, I am concerned that I might face retaliation or retribution if my identity is disclosed. So I, I've uh, I've pre-populated all of that for you, and it's at Clinton990.org. And Very I, good. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm angry about this now. And these guys are really pissing me off that they will not disclose how much money they that came. Cause it must have been billions, billions. I tell you. I mean, and we know the money didn't get there. All the Haitians got was cholera. Hey, <laughs> take some cholera, you idiots. <laughs> Well, we'll see if we get anyone to to do anything. It'll be nice. A funny clip uh, that was sent to me um, from the Googleplex. Marissa Meyer, who I used to kind of be hot for, but now that I hear her talk, it's like, nope. Instant turnoff. She was interviewing Martha Stewart. And what She is- was interviewing Martha Stewart at the Googleplex? Yeah. They have a little TV set and everything, and I guess this they is... They got a huge studio, actually. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and now Marissa's going to be a TV host. Everybody's trying to get into the act. That's right, and she's no good at it. Sorry, Marissa. Of course not. Yeah, no good. But Martha Stewart says something very interesting. You know, on her show, you, know, you think you got, like, real people when she's cooking and picking stuff. Turns out they're actors. <laughs> surprise, surprise. Active and get into the get into the segment that we're trying to do. Some actors really are actors, and they don't unless they have a script. And- I love it. Some actors on my show really are actors. You know, the other actors are just like stupid, and we just tell what to do. But some are really actors, uh, really and a, now. And a director, they really can't do anything. I mean, wow. they <laughs> even admit. I mean, one actor, <laughs> Marissa Meyer. This is why she'll never be successful. This laugh. <laughs> said to me, I said, I said, gosh, that scene in uh, the cherry orchard, a, a Chekhov play. I said, gosh, you, you talk about cherry trees like so knowledgeable. He said, I don't know, fuck about cherry trees. <laughs> <laughs> Chekhov wrote the words. I just act them, you know. And <laughs> sorry, just wanted to make everyone <laughs> sick. You seem a little annoyed by her, her kind of. <laughs> Giggle. That's not. That's not a giggle. That, that's a. That it gave a me. An, it gave me an innie. Is what that did. Mm. Um. Do you think we should? Uh, do you think that uh, people around Gitmo Nation might not have seen the uh, the Rick Perry gaffe yesterday during the debates? I mean, I, I, I didn't see it. Oh, you didn't see it? 
No, no, I missed those debates. I was too busy listening to the Holder thing and doing some other work. Oh, okay. Do you want to hear it? Oh yeah, I, I'm all. I'm all. It's all. It's all new to me. That's hilarious. Uh, I read about it, that, and I said, "Oh, I got." I figured you'd have the clip, so I wasn't. Uh, well, I it. only clipped it just in case we agreed that it might be good to play it. It's only 50, that's always good to play. It's only fifty He's seconds. Great. Uh, you know what? I love the man now. Yeah, this is my brother. Particularly how he at the very end he just kind of clears it all up. And I will tell you, it's three agencies of government when I get there that are gone. Commerce, education, and the, um, uh, what's the third one there? Let's see. <laughs> Com- you need five. Oh, five. Yeah, okay. So, five. commerce, education, and... Uh, That's Ron Paul who's saying, I have five. You can't even come up with your third one. I got five I'm getting rid of. The, um, um, uh, EPA? EPA. There you go. No, I can't. <laughs> Let's talk. Let's talk deposition. Seriously? Is EPA the one you were talking about? No, sir. No, sir. We were talking about the um, agencies of government. EPA needs to be rebuilt. There's no doubt about that. But you can't name the third one? The third agency of government, yeah. I would I would do away with the education, uh, the uh, <laughs> commerce. I, I, commerce, and let's see, oh I can't. The third one, I can't. Sorry. Here comes. Oops. oops. <laughs> he, said, he says, "Oops." <laughs> Adios, mofo. He just says, "Oops." <laughs> he is such a dummy. It's great because you know he just forgot the script. Is that simple? I love the fact that they brought him in to save the day. Yeah. <laughs> and he guys from day one he has been unable to even get past his own name. Oops. <laughs> Oops. Oops. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's so funny. That's fantastic. You know, and by the way, as predicted, Herman Kane in the center of the lineup. And oh, was had, he in the middle of this time? He was in the middle. Of course. He was in the middle. He had Romney to the left of him. Perry to the right, stuck in the middle with you, and then uh, Gingrich was uh, af- next to Romney, and Ron Paul was next to Perry. Uh, and then we had uh, the outsiders were... You, you could just see how the show was going. Here's the production meeting. Um, okay, uh, line up. Line up, everybody. What are we going to do? Uh, well, it's obvious. We're going to put uh, Kane in the middle. Um, I think it would be good if we then... Uh, let's put uh, Romney and Perry on each side of him. So that when they're fighting, Kane will be in the middle. It'll be really good. And, uh, well, clearly Bachman and uh, Santoro... Oh, wait, wait. You, you, what part of the meeting would be? Don't forget, we go... Let's put... I got an idea. This would be great. We'll put... We'll put Perry to the right, get it, and and Rami to the, the left. left. Oh, get it? yeah, I get it. Yeah, that's great. Hey, you're in line for a promotion, son. You're doing good. That's very, very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah, well, that's the way they do things. Hey, No, up. I missed that debate. I just, you know, it's just one debate I... I knew there'd probably be a clip or two in there that would be, you know, interesting. No, that, that but, was the only but one. But isn't this is the basically the same show, you know? And they, yeah, they brought then Perry is the one who carries it. They did, you know, he wasn't going to do this debate, and he was going to skip a few of them because every time he does one, he makes a bigger idiot out of himself. But they, I think, they insist because he's the one who's bringing in the ratings. Of course, and the next one will be. I mean, it's going to be Bonanza again next week, yeah, or, or next time. On the next episode. Next week. On the next episode. Next episode. The next episode of American Gladiators. It's literally, it's like Jeopardy, only with dumber questions. It's it's great. I think they should actually answer, what is the EPA? (laughs) That's how I should answer the questions. 
Oh, and Maria Bartiromo was asking questions, and uh, and if, uh, Kramer. Kramer? Yeah. What the heck's he got to do with it? He works for MSNBC or CNBC. It was on CNBC. Yeah, it was on CNBC. And Maria Bartiromo and uh, the whole thing. they got a million is, hosts at that place. They don't need Kramer's kind of a, an idiot. a clownish character. An I don't idiot. know why you put him up there. An idiot. i just like to say hello to all the smoking slaves in uh, Euroland. As uh, as per November 17th, all of your smokes will be of the lower ignition propensity version. And I bring this up for a very specific reason. Let me explain what this is. Uh, a law passed in Euroland, which needs to be implemented by November 14th, that uh, cigarettes, uh, manufactured cigarettes that are sold by law have to be lower ignition propensity. And what they've done is they've put rings on the cigarette of what they call a natural substance, although nowhere do I see actually what the natural substance is, that will make the cigarette go out after like 40 to 40 seconds. So you can't uh, burn to death in bed. What? Yeah, that's what it's for. Is this for. a real problem in Europe? Yeah. Or in Euroland? What yes, am I thinking? 200 people a year die because of smoking in bed. Huh. So they felt it necessary to uh, change the entire industry, the entire manufacturing of cigarettes, to the lower, the LIP, lower, which is a nice acronym, LIP, the lower ignition propensity. So it'll go out. If you don't keep sucking on that thing, it will go out and you have to relight it so you don't kill yourself. It's going to make people smoke more. No, well, A, that's the, that's the groovy part. That's why everyone's like, hey, this is cool. <laughs> and B, who the hell knows what this natural substance is? And see, oh, it's got to be in the document somewhere. No, no, no. I looked everywhere. I can't find it. They keep saying a natural. They have a whole question and answer sheet. How you're supposed to answer this if questions arise. And it's like, oh, it's a natural substance. They don't say what it is. They do not say what it is. Huh. But this is just the start. You know, next, if you want to, you know, bottles of booze will come with a regulator. Yeah, this is this is how it starts. Am I right or what? Yeah, no, I, I can see it. So people who think it's great and this is good, you're an idiot. Because this is just the beginning of what's going to happen in Euroland, and this shiza is going to propagate everywhere. You're going to see this everywhere. Congratulations from Z100. I got a... Natural uh, substance. I'm trying to find it in the Book of Knowledge. Yeah, it's good not luck. There. No, it's not. Good luck on that. I'm going to find it. Have you ever heard of the World Vision? It's a fire retardant, whatever this natural substance is. That's yeah. not good. No, you're not supposed to be smoking fire retardants. That's not good. So I got an anonymous email encrypted. Um, are you familiar with World Vision? Yeah. What does World Vision do? I can't remember, but it's one of these, it's like, it's not a charity, it's kind of like a, uh, it's like a religious uh, mm -hmm. offshoot of some religion or something like that. I'd have, I, I, I could be rebriefed really quick and catch up. Okay, from worldvision.org, don't worry, I, I did it for you. World Vision is a Christian humanitarian organization dedicated to working with children, families, and their communities worldwide to reach their full potential by tackling the causes of poverty and injustice. Who we serve... It's close to 100 million people in nearly 100 countries around the world 
where World Vision serves all people regardless of religion, race, ethnicity, or gender. Motivated by our faith in Jesus Christ, we serve alongside the poor and oppressed as a demonstration of God's unconditional love for all people. Huge organization. <coughs> Huge. <coughs> Been in uh, business since 1950. Yeah. and one hey, the, I, I, I see their uh, TV ads once in a while. One of the places they're in is in Mozambique. And mm-hmm. uh, there's a brief that came out of which I've received a PDF scan available in the show notes at 355.nashownotes.com. The Child Sponsorship Program Customer Relations Service released a uh, a document which if uh, apparently if you're going to Mozambique you have to sign this it's the World Vision Mozambique Behavior Protocol I have to read this to you we as World Vision Mozambique love and care about children as we work in the communities we would like children and their families to feel comfortable and at ease but we also want our visitors to have a positive experience when visiting our programs therefore we expect all our visitors to observe the following code of conduct when in the communities. Are you ready, John? Yeah. Treat children with respect and dignity. Always have a World Vision chaperone. Always be in view of another adult when with a child. Be sensitive to the underwritten laws of personal familiarity in language, conversation, and physical intimacy and observe them. They're ramping it up. Do not return to the project unaccompanied. Ask permission to photograph or film people or children. Do not hug and fondle women or children. Do not touch sexual areas of the body or have sex with a child. <laughs> I mean, hello? Is this a problem that we have to have, you know, it's like, that they have to actually make you sign this? <laughs> it's hilarious. Do not expose anyone to sexual material. I mean, it's really scary. Someone needs to investigate that charity. <laughs> Do not have sex with children while you're here. Oh, bummer. Damn. Oh, man. That's why I went there. <laughs> well, apparently, there's been a problem. Ugh. It's douches. So I'm looking up uh, polybromodiphenol, which seems to be the substance in question. Really? Yeah. How good is it? I'm, it's well. It doesn't sound good. <laughs> it doesn't sound natural. No, it doesn't sound natural at all. Polybromodiphenol. Hmm. PBDE. Okay. Tetragenic the- evolution of polybromodiphenol oxide mixture in New Zealand white rabbits following oral exposure. Here, here we go. Here we go. Here's an old. Here's from an old. Here's from. Here's a clip from a Google book. Oh, nice. Uh, valuation of gas chromatography. Polybrominated in foodstuffs, human exposure through diet. This is a book. Unfortunately, this is just a, bi- a bibliography, so I don't have the book. But let me look it up. Uh, hold on. Maybe something in this book. This is a safety evaluation of certain contaminants in food, published by the International Program on Chemical Safety that is available on Google Books. So you're not supposed to put it in your food? Well, I'm trying to find that out. It's just it doesn't sound like something that doesn't sound like something you'd want to put in your food for, out of the blue. Or or smoke. Yeah, or smoke. I've smoked some crazy things, but never polybromodiphenol. So I'll uh, I'll do some research on this for the night for the Sunday show and, and come up with something definitive. How much you want to make it makes you wacky. <laughs> it makes you obey. Yeah, exactly. It's like smoke this cigarette, slave, and obey. Lovely. 
All right, John, it's time to bring in a new contestant to play Win, Lose, or Drone. That's right. After Gitmo Nation, United States, and Euroland, we've got a new contestant to play Win, Lose, or Drone. Please welcome the Germans to our game, everybody. Win, Lose, or Drone. It's fast, sleek, and the first of its kind. The Eurohawk was built in the United States but carries German technology. The unmanned aircraft system is equipped for spying, using electronic surveillance equipment sensitive enough to detect radio messages and whispered cell phone conversations. It can even intercept text messages. Rudiger Knofli from the German Federal Office for Defense Technology says the Hawk will likely act as the eyes and ears of German forces in both civilian and military operations. The Eurohawk is a flying antenna. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> it's a flying antenna, I tell you. Civilian operations. Hey, Gitmo Nation Deutschland. Congratulier mit der, mit deiner Hawk drone. Hawk drone. This, and this guy goes on and on. I mean, if you want to, you want to hear this guy who's, uh, I like his accent. Okay. Play him. Uh, it's funny. It gathers data and collects data, which will be um, um, transferred from the from the Eurohawk down to the Earth, either directly, it's depending on the distance, or via satellite. <laughs> Coming down on, on the Earth, the, uh, the data will be processed and analyzed, and the result of the analyze, uh, analysis will be then presented to the to forces who will draw their conclusions out of it. I draw my conclusions, which is that we have to fire a missile on your arse. The Eurohawk, which can fly at speeds up to 600 <laughs> kilometers per hour, stay airborne for up to 30 hours, and fly 23,000 kilometers, was unveiled at a ceremony earlier this month in Manchin, Germany. They actually had a ceremony with champagne and everything. The people put up with this. Oh, yeah. Designed by Northrop Grumman and Cassidian, the aircraft can collect massive amounts of data, making it the most advanced unmanned flying object in German airspace. Mm -hmm. Stefan Zoller, CEO at Cassidian, this, the, the, the CEO is the best German. says the aircraft can provide detailed information for risk analysis <laughs> of any landscape it observes. Like slaves. The Eurohawk, the highest flying, uh, most heavyweight oh, yeah. operational aircraft on globe, globe. is equipped uh, with sensors for electric uh, magnetic diffusion. So whatever you see in uh, radar or in communication all around on Earth, what is moving there, whatever has an electrical footprint is being discovered from, <laughs> an, from a flight level of 20,000 meters. I am getting an erection to poop on. And that includes radio and TV broadcasts. The Hawk also <laughs> registers enemy missiles, sending electromagnetic information to a ground station in real time. It even has. It can even track whispered cell phone conversations. It's a flying and it is a flying antenna. It's very good. And we have the technology. We started with the V1 and V2. This was just the beginning of our drones, our unmanned flying uh, vehicles. Hmm. Awesome. The Euroland Hawk, everybody. Congratulations. Gitmo Nation Deutschland. And by the way, you think that thing's only going to fly over Deutschland at the speed oh, yeah. that that thing goes? No. Oh, way. yeah. It's everywhere. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm waiting for one of these things, especially when they start flying them over our cities, it's going to run into private aircraft. And it's going to be kind of very scandalous. Yeah, that's why we need the uh, next generation.
Yeah, well, that's not going to happen. To uh, well, it will eventually. It'll happen. So the so it seems that the toxicity of this poly bromo diphenyl. <laughs> You're still telling me what I'm not going to smoke, aren't you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> what is it? It's, it seems to be a, a very hurts. little known about it. Yeah. You're already exposed to too much chlorine and bromine. Bromine is <laughs> bromi not a good thing anyway. It is true serum. This is, we want you to smoke fire your true serum. It's the most common fire retardant. <laughs> using fabrics, carpets, upholstery, mattresses. I'm smoking a carpet? Basically, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> it sounds like natural product to me. I don't see how this is a natural product. They, well, it literally, you can read the docs. Literally says natural product, uh, but what natural from what? Well, it's from uh, I don't know the retardant gene. This is bull crap. They're just lying to us. <laughs> Which reminds me, so I'm listening to the John Stewart show, mm-hmm. and I realize you know they have this big deal about oh the Republicans and Democrats they never get together in this country. It all st- I'm now convinced this all stems from Nancy Pelosi, who is an evil liar. Who can't stop lying under any circumstances. She is just pathetic. Things I just talked about. Uh, So what I would like to see, you say, when is the point? I think the point is now when we should say to the 12 people on the super committee, get in a room, sit down, reach agreement on public television. You know, let's have a transparency, an open meeting where we see everybody's proposals and suggestions on the table, an explanation of them, what they would mean to not that table, but the kitchen table of all America's families. Now, I, I understand. Now, hey, just like the health care debate? Is that, is that what she's talking about? Yeah, just like that. Here's where, see, this is where it's difficult. For, you know, when the Democrats were in charge, they had an opportunity to put forth a, a, a budget. They own the place. And they didn't take it. They didn't take the shot. They didn't, uh, right before the debt ceiling. Remember how, uh, right before in that uh, session, they could have put forth a, a budget, a specific budget, like the one that we put forth, that would have triggered, I guess they call it the Gephardt rule, that debt ceiling rule. No. Uh, they didn't do it. Is that, am I incorrect Because there? the okay. Republicans would have filibustered. filibustered. <laughs> they can't. If they, if That's they a lie. It's a total it's a lie. lie. Until yeah. Scott Brown got elected, they had a free ride to do anything they wanted. This is a blatant lie. Yeah. Now, you- now, the other one that really gets me is this when she goes on this little rampage about why wow, the Republicans are all so evil, talking about drawing sands, uh, lines in the sand. Listen to this litany of hate. We don't want any more government that we need, but we have to also recognize that we have two different paths here. One path, bless their hearts, the Republicans, they do what they believe. And they do not believe in Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, clean air, clean water, food safety, public safety, uh, uh, public education, and and there are some. Okay. Yeah, the Republicans don't believe in education. No. They don't believe in food safety. No. They, they don't believe in Medicare, even though I believe it was Republicans who put Medicare into play. Yeah. This is just a lie. <laughs> it's just, I mean, it was so annoying to listen to this woman, 71-year-old bag, local girl, uh, who's also one of the richest people in Congress, by the way, lie like this. And, and then the crowd, yeah, the Republicans, they all hate, they hate us. You know, this kind of thing, this is what's the problem. It's her. Anyway, that's my... John C. Dvorak, pet peeve of the day. It's been a while, but I think that was well-deserved. Yeah. (laughs) 
So there was a story in the New York Times that someone sent to both of us about uh, the uh, Runner's Magazine. Oh, yeah. And uh, I'll just, I got a little piece from this here. Uh, People should listen carefully to this story as you relate it. Yeah. When a few of Nike's shoes didn't fare so well in the 1981 reviews in the magazine, the company pulled its $1 million advertising contract with Runner's World magazine. Nike already had started its own magazine, Running, which would publish shoe reviews and commission star writers like Ken Kesey and Hunter S. Kesey and Hunter S. Thompson. According to Anderson, Nike would never advertise with me again, he says. That hurt us bad. In 1985, Anderson sold Runner's World to Rodale, which he says promptly abolished his grading system. Today, every shoe in Runner's World is effectively recommended for one kind of runner or another. David Willey, the magazine's current editor, says that it only tests shoes that are, quote, worth our while. After Nike closed its own magazine, it took its advertising back to Runner's World, and now, of course, the millions of dollars are flowing in because this magazine doesn't slam anybody. They just talk about who it's appropriate for. This shows you, once again, how blatantly bullcrap all media is, except media that takes uh, a cue from our model. Yeah, we only we get paid by the ounce. <laughs> Every ounce of bullcrap we can pile on. And <laughs> it's not ounce. like we have, you know, that we have to please. I mean, what happened there was they obviously had to please their biggest advertiser, Nike, and they didn't. They displeased them, and so they so they pulled the ads, damn near sink the magazine. They have to rejigger the magazine so it pleases the advertiser. And there you have it. And that's the problem with getting information from uh, mainstream media because you can't please everybody, but you try. So when you, that's how you make your money. So you have to please people. We don't really, we're not pleasing any. Well, we, in we, fact, we do have, we have a lot of people that are pleased by the information we provide because they don't hear this anywhere else. No, because it's Herman Cain week, everybody. I'm going to show my support by donating to No Agenda. Imagine all the people who could do that. Oh, yeah, that'd be fab. New twist. Yeah, we we do have some uh, nice donors who came in this week uh, with a lot of with one hundred eleven dollars eleven cents, which is nice. Uh, but let's start with Gerald Jer- Gerald Allen Bethke in Silverdale, Washington, a very nice little part of Washington State. One hundred seventy five dollars twenty eight cents in honor of my Matt. In honor of Matt, my half Chinese son's third birthday on eleven eleven eleven. Another birthday, third by the way, three. We have the other one thirty three, and this one's three. Oh. And these are messages. So who's sending them though? I forwarded one seventy five twenty eight via PayPal, which converts to a hundred and one. <laughs> this is funny. One thousand one hundred and eleven Chinese won. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is funny, but it's not uh, not to be repeated by everybody. It hurts us. <laughs> <laughs> we, hey, we gave you one, 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 one Chinese won. Yeah. My son's government language skills will come in handy when the government bills come due from Gitmo Nation, Shanghai, and Kitsap County uh, in the morning, ITM. And Michael Miller, Sir Michael Miller, to you in Tiburon, California, $119.11. After a drink or two, palindrome, mm. uh, noun, a word, phrase, or sequence that runs the same forwards and backwards, e.g., madam or nurses run, uh, which is a palindrome. Uh, he gave us 11911, which backwards is 11911. And curiously, Stephen uh, Baron von Pelsmachers did the same thing, but he's been catching up. He's at 11911. Uh, and it's also for his 
1111 sweepstakes. And he also, Von Pelsmarkers, also contributed 11811, which is another palindrome. And then we dropped down to our $111.11 donors, including Adam Kolb, Sir Adam Kolb, or Colby in Menasha, Wisconsin, uh, Holmes Disposition Corporation in Newburgh, New York, uh, Anastasia Treckles in Highland, Indiana, $111.11. In the morning, guys, I need to put in for my 1111 karma because no agenda karma works. After my recent birthday donation to no agenda, my mom was diagnosed with cancer, but karma stepped in and ensured that after the tumor was removed, she would be clear and does not have to go through chemo. Wow. Yay, Mom. Now my grandma could use some of that no agenda magic and senses one 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 super karma. Maybe there will be a little bit left over for me as I struggle through my last classes for my PhD and move on to comprehensive exams. Thanks, guys, for keeping me fully entertained and turned on to what's going on in this crazy world. Happily, the influx of donations will bring back a lot of extra karma for you and your families as well. Keep up the great work. And her name is for now Trekless. I keep saying Trekles. Trekless. <laughs> Here's some karma for her. Very happy for mom, by the way. That's great. You've got karma. Oh, that's awesome. We love moms. Yep. Anastasia Trekless. Trekless. That means she doesn't like to go out. Scott Shellhammer, Virginia, uh, $111.11, and closed the money order. Unfortunately, I'm just getting by, so I can't afford to give the uh, big donation. I was, wasn't was going to donate until I heard the October 30th show where you played clips of Clinton and Napolitano getting owned. <laughs> Ron Paul kicking Blitzer's shill ass and Judge Napolitano <laughs> with Farage talking crystal ball sense on Europe. Crystal clear, not crystal ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you didn't correct it, it wouldn't make any big deal. The show 352 was so kick-ass that I decided to bite the bullet and get on the 11-11-11-111 gig, and I help you continue providing the audience with exemplary analysis. Your assertion that the level of donations is directly proportional to your show quality is bullshit. <laughs> However, you got me on this one. Well played, sirs. Please send Carmen to Kathy in New York. She's going through chemo, and a shot of the good stuff will help. Please yeah. call out cancer as a douchebag. Yeah, all right. Here's You've the- got... Karma. There's the karma. And here's to the cancers. Douchebag. Andrew Rye in Richardson, Texas, $111.11. like to make this donation for his son, Jack, who turns three. Hello. Yo. On one 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 one, uh, the numerology was too great for me not to donate. I'm a longtime $5 a month subscriber and a Texas slave who's just getting by. I like to call out my brother, Mike, as being a douchebag. Douchebag. Please make a birthday call to my awesome son, Jack, which you'll do later. Thank you both, John and Adam, for fighting the good fight and entertaining me on my drive. I'm proud to be a raging donor and not a flaccid boner. <laughs> no agenda. It makes your penis grow big. And the following people gave us $111.11 to commemorate the day tomorrow. Astak Christensen and uh, I don't know where this is. Olsund Morog. Uh, Benjamin Deming in Ripley, Tennessee, Brad Chesnowski in Bell River, Ontario, Hans Schultz in uh, Bad Dober in, in Ger- Deutschland. Hans Jörg. Hans Jörg. Okay, I got a mess on my screen. H.J. Schmidt in Utrecht. 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 <laughs> uh, James Ogilvie in Simsbury, Connecticut. John Rodsvilla in Glen Mills, Pennsylvania. And then we go to uh, Linus Askengren. Askengren. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, Askengren. Askengren, probably, yeah. yeah. Huding, uh, Sweden. Huding. Hi, John and Adam. Thank you for the great product. You keep me informed and entertained for the four-plus hours every week. It's probably close. It's five-ish. 
So here's my $111 value for value. Can you please send some karma to my brother Jasper who's going through a hard time after beating cancer? A lot of cancers in these stories. I give him a little karma. Yeah, of course. Fuck the cancer. You've got karma. I believe I found the star of the Eric Spring uh, internet in the suitcase. He's got a uh, link that we'll look at. Keep up the amazing work uh, of the best, best podcast, podcast in, in the, the universe. universe. Uh, regards. Mitch Bidron in Long Beach. In the morning, John and Adam are throwing in this donation out late, but I'm in desperate need of karma for my wife, Jill. She's two and a half years into an illness, constant headache. Uh, tomorrow morning, she's getting an epidural in her neck. Oh. All right, we're holding this anti-epidural karma. You've got karma. What a milf would do wonders. Milf, that's one mother I'd like to. Hell yeah, baby. Nathan Marshall, uh, Sir Nathan Marshall in Grand Forks, North Dakota, one hundred eleven dollars eleven cents. Uh, was finally able to scrap more, scrape more money together for the greatest podcast in the universe after being unemployed for the past four months. Uh, finally got a job cooking and would like some karma because I'm still just getting by on like the like one of the fancy podcasting licenses from the Podfather himself. Okay, got that noted. You've got karma. Robert Clayson, Sir Robert Clayson in London, London. Uh, he all he says is he got a hundred eleven dollar eleven cent, but he says he needs his karma shot for reasons, various he reasons. Knows. Yeah, he knows. You've got it. karma. Okay. Robert Tennant in Cambridge. Hi, John and Adam. Here's $100 for 11111 with my Deuce Club membership. In three months of 111, that makes a nice 333.33 magic number and a third of a, and a, third of a knighthood could get a karma call for my new grandson, Jan or Jan, born Tuesday in Harlem. Yeah, Jan. Jan in Jan, Harlem. Jan. Get my nation. Hey, Jan. Feliciteerd and welcome op aarde. You've got karma. And that's for Rob and his lovely partner, Dana. Uh, Tiptopwebsite.com, our uh, friend. Our buddy, Aaron, yeah, our buddy. Our buddy, Donner Bucks, uh, Oscar Nadal, Tijuana, 5601. Hi, John and Adam. Been a week without an internet, no agenda at home. I'm starting to get the shakes. <laughs> Definitely need my red pill dosage. Truth to keep me sane. I was always planning to, already planning to donate this week, but what, are, what better way to let you guys know you're an important part of our sanity? The 99% boner should try to go to a week or two without you guys and see what they think about changing to the 1% side from the El Conqueso compound nice. in Tijuana. Oscar Nadal, a.k.a. the Romantic Hispanic. P.S. Yesterday was the Mexi- in Mexican standard 9-11-11, so he had to donate again. <laughs> I like that. Okay. Uh, Kyleen Babcock, I'm guessing. What do you think? Yeah, Babcock. Well, Babcock, yeah. Uh, from uh, Japan. Uh, hi, John and Adam. Greetings from Gitmo, Far East. New donor, longtime boner. Wanted to give you guys a little bit of what's coming to you and appreciation for all you do. I know, Jenna, here's double nickels on the dime for your next show, November 10th, which also happens to be my brother's birthday. Sadly, next year marks the 10th anniversary since they lost my brother to a car accident, uh. but I'd like to show him respect and love on his birthday, not his death day. So I'll be pouring one out for him today. If you don't mind, I could use a de-douching and a little karma combo. You've been de-douched. You've got karma. 
I plan to become a regular contributor in the future, although I'll be following Adam's example and move in January. So things are a little tight right now. Regardless, I want to begin to pay my fair share and support the show and help propagate the message. Keep up the good work. And it's Kalian. Rhymes with alien, Babcock. Kalian. From Osaka. She's from Osaka. Yeah. I got that. I got the Osaka part. Uh, Mark Cadell Staywell pronounced Stallwell, sorry, Stallwell in, wait, how does this work? He's not in Stallwell, Victoria, and his name is Stallwell. It is. He's from, he's in, Vic- he's in Victoria, no, he's in Victoria, He's Australia. in Victoria, and this was a PayPal screw-up. They yeah. made his, they made the town his yeah. name. Yeah. Can I please request a huge frothy mix of karma for my sister, Adrian, <laughs> who I love very much to celebrate and sure against her wedding day on the 12th. <laughs> okay. You've got karma. Double nickels on the dime. Frothy mix of karma. And Stephanie Hannah. Let's hope that doesn't become a trend. No. <laughs> Warrington, Cheshire. Hi, uh, John Adams. My birthday falls this year on 11-11-11. I decided to appease the twin gods of karma and numerology and donate. Living nice. in Gitmo East, I need all the help I can get. Hope you guys have a happy Wednesday, too. Cute. I keep up uh, And keep up the good work. Cheers, Ash. My name's Ashley, but I am male which is a Britishism, you see that. Yeah. Americans seem to find this unusual and comical. Yeah. 55, double nickels on the dime. John Shriver in Ames, Iowa, great little town. 5011, in the morning, I'd like to have a shout-out for me and my wife's Aaron's 11th wedding anniversary on the 11th of November and some karma for her boss to find another part-time consulting gig for her. So give it- You've got... Karma. And then $50 donations from Tristan uh, Wilson Kerrigan and Tristan Lennon, Sir Tristan Lennon in Wagga Wagga, and mm-hmm. uh, Kieran Burke in Framingham, John Middlebrook in Aberdeenshire. And I have, yeah. I have a couple of uh, extra karma things here. Uh, Alexander O, big contributor to the show. Uh, I need some NA karma, uh, and he has donated uh, a lot in the past. Today I was in hospital for biopsy in about 10 days. Now I'll know if I'm a lucky or an unlucky guy. Um, and so I want to give him a little shout of karma. Fuck the cancers. You've got uh-huh. karma. And I think, uh, yeah. That's, I think that's our, we, that's the people we get to thank this week, uh, this show. I really appreciate these, uh, donations for the 11111 numerology day, uh, which comes tomorrow, by the way, if you really want to nail it. Uh, Dvorak.org slash NA channel, Dvorak.com slash NA, noagendashow.com and uh, noagendanation.com. Hit the donate button there and uh, we'll continue uh, on our merry way. Appreciate Dvorak.org it. slash NA. Yeah, it's been great. And, uh, and I think Sunday will be great as well um, because of the 11-11 and that'll probably have to carry us through uh, throughout the rest of the year. Christmas. <laughs> yeah, throughout the rest of the year. Absolutely. Um, let me see. Uh, well, we got an interesting birthday list, so let's uh, head over to that right now. It's your birthday, birthday. Oh, no agenda. Sam Malaro congratulates himself. He turns 33 tomorrow on 11 11 11. Uh, Gerald Allen Bethke, his son Matt turns three tomorrow on 11 11 11. Andrew Rye congratulates his son Jack, who also turns three. Coincidence, I think, need not on 11 11 11. Killeen Babcock uh, saying happy birthday to her brother. We just heard about that story on uh, the 10th, that is today. And Stephanie Hannett. 
congratulates herself for her birthday, which is tomorrow on 11-11-11. And a birthday shout-out to Zachary in Austin. I think he's turning 10 on 11-11-11. Happy birthday, all you lucky 11 birthdays. It's your birthday, yeah. There's a lot going on here, so I'm a little distracted. I guess this is... Well, yeah, I haven't pulled the plug on you yet. No. Don't do that. Hey, pull out your blade if you don't mind. I got mine go. here. I got mine already. So, yeah. Oh, well, nice. All right, Sam Malero, Scott Fisher, and Michael Birch. Step forward, gents. You are about to enter a very exclusive club. It is the Knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. Due to your donations, uh, $1,000 or more, you'll not only receive the No Agenda Knight ring, but you also are bestowed with this honor. I hereby pronounce thee, Sir Knight Sam Sir Scott and Sir Michael Birch, all now knights of the No Agenda Roundtable. You know what it is over here. Hookers and Blow, Rent Boy Chardonnay, and Hot Pants and Booze, just for you. And, of course, the ring, which is great. And thank you all so much, uh, proving that we don't have to shill for companies. If you ever watch PBS or listen to uh, NPR or your own publicly sponsored state media, uh, we see it here all the time. Who's advertising? It's in Europe. Here uh, we've got, uh, you know, like Boeing advertising, uh, Archer Daniels Midland Company. So, you know, they, 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 they got to Monsanto. Monsanto. got to please those advertisers not do anything negative. Or if it is negative, it's all planned and it's discussed in advance. And it's uh, it's just uh, outrageous. And this is, uh, we're proving something very important. And I'm very, very, very pleased that we can do that. Um, I do have to move along a little bit because... Uh, you know, they're kind of waiting. <laughs> These guys are twiddling their thumbs. Like, um, hello? Yeah, well, let's uh, let's let's get a couple of clips. Uh, we, we always want to do something a little wacky. Why don't you play the South Park uh, uh, clip? Okay. You need to know everything that you know. That what? Have you been contacted by alien life forms? <laughs> Did you come across some kind of ship or something? Dude, look, we, we just saw all this stuff on History Channel. We are the History Channel. For years, we've been collecting information on Thanksgiving. We're getting close to the truth. And now you boys have the exact same information. It can't be coincidence. We saw it on your channel. What exactly did you see? That stuffing was never heard of before 1621, so it might be alien technology? My God. Would you be willing to say that on camera for an interview? (laughs) I saw this episode. <clears throat> I, I, South Park has gone down. I'm glad it's the last season. They're not good anymore. It's not all that funny. <laughs> uh, on the other hand, uh, House uh, is on board and with the program. Dr. Park. This, by the way, is the, the, the opening credits of the show are running. This is how blatant these guys are. You're a lot taller than I thought you'd be. And I look forward to working with you as well. He's lying. Not just Taub, the patient. These abrasions on his knees. They're minty fresh. About ten hours old. He got them playing flag football. He said he got them playing flag football. I'm sure that's true. Flag is a euphemism for penis, and football is a euphemism for entering a vagina. Yeah, vagina. Said it. Okay, well, you think you got one? Play the Mike and Molly. The woman who plays Molly on Mike and Molly was on Letterman, and she tops everybody. They're just aggressive. Yeah. Everybody's like, oh, girls are so sweet, but... I've got kind of like tomboy <laughs> That's girls. All right. And my, my parents are visiting, and Vivian's my four-and-a-half-year-old, and she was telling my mom, she's like, I jumped on the big bed with Daddy, and I went like this, and I got him right in the vagina. <laughs> so she kept going like this. So she wow. kept, no. Wow. Which, which we all just looked at bed, and we're like, how's your vagina? Yeah. 
It's a sad day when but the kids she, learn the dad out of vagina. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but she keeps asking other men about their... But you know what's interesting? Uh, okay. First time I've actually laughed about vagina. Letterman, <laughs> Letterman did it for me. No, I didn't. I still think it was like too much. Of course, but, it's, it's and you know, so CBS is like, on board. What is the deal? Well, we're just waiting for the ads. It's coming. Yeah, so you have to say I, there's something else going on with this vagina thing. Yeah. Okay. Now, on a more serious note, I do have a clip. I, I want you to to try to figure out what this might be about. This completely. I think it may just be a bad translation. I'm not absolutely sure, but they this is a, re, a report on Iran, and then they have uh, Medinejad yakking away with a translator going, and then he drops his little bomb at the end. I'm thinking, what? I think it's devastating in that it uh, establishes beyond a shadow of a doubt that Iran was engaged in R&D work. There's no smoking gun here that says that Iran is uh, continuing today to uh, develop a nuclear weapon, but certainly it was engaged in activity. The report makes three key points about Iran's nuclear program. It says Iran has tried, sometimes successfully, to procure what it needs for a weapon. It's also acquired the know-how to make a bomb from a clandestine nuclear supply network. And the report says Iran has tried to design a nuclear weapon and test some of its components. Those countries, especially Israel, who said for years that Iran wants a bomb, are saying, we told you so. <laughs> the big and potentially dangerous question is what happens next? The winter's arriving in Tehran, and it could feel even colder there if new sanctions are imposed, which the US and Britain would like. But President Ahmadinejad hasn't been deterred by four previous rounds of UN sanctions, and he dismissed the report as the work of American puppets. We won't attack them, he said. We'll defeat them through our thinking and our software. <laughs> Through our software. What? We're going to defeat them what? through our software. What? Soft what does that mean? Stuxnet? I, I guess, or something. Yeah. There's something. The fact that they said it and they just passed it to Glaw, this typical BBC, they don't think, yeah. they, nobody ever listens to anything. Software. Wow. Yeah. That's what, that's what was a wow moment for me. Unless it was a mistranslation, but. No, I believe I believe it to be true. Cyber yeah. warfare. The guy's probably on the payroll of uh, you know Raytheon. Like, hey, throw in a software thing so we can like sell some more crap to our government. Ah, okay. <laughs> well, uh, in the words do matter category, um, I got a loose. I got two Lucifer clips. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I actually got a whole bunch, but we're not going to play them. We don't have time. Uh, listen to uh, clippity clop Lucifer Hillary Clinton. Revise history before your very eyes. I want to acknowledge. You, and tell oops, wrong one. Tell me when you hear the revision, and uh, ring your bell. Now, when Gaddafi threatened to destroy Benghazi, military action to protect civilians became necessary, and only the United States could quickly and effectively eliminate Gaddafi's air defenses. But we ensured. <laughs> yeah, you, you want to make a point, uh, John C. Dvorak, Berkeley. This bullcrap. That just 12 days later, NATO would assume... <laughs> John C. Dvorak, Berkeley. <laughs> ...command and control of the operation, and the United States moved into a supporting, essential, but supporting role. We continued to provide unique capabilities when necessary, including logistics and intelligence. But other countries, including Arab countries, 
flew the vast majority of the air missions. Uh, John C. Dvorak. That's bull crap. I mean, it was just recently when when, uh, when Obama was bragging about the fact that it was our guys in those pilot seats most of, most of the time. Remember? Correct. And put the forces and services on the ground. Ooh. Adam Curry, Adam Curry, Los Angeles, Adam Curry, Los Angeles. I thought we didn't have any boots on the ground anywhere. No one, not a, uh, not a single, not a single boot on the ground. Apparently, we had boots on the ground to work with the Libyan opposition. Oh, uh, hold on, yeah. <laughs> Al Qaeda, not Libyan opposition. Now, although it's not yet finished, here comes the best. The battle for cert must be resolved. The Libyan people succeeded in ousting a dictator, and they're now in the process of forming a new democratic government. Uh, <laughs> hold on. Uh, there's nothing democratic about it. They're just uh, shills from the universities in Pennsylvania. Our strategy in Libya was tailored to specific circumstances and does not represent a one-size-fits-all solution. In fact, that's part of what we are arguing, is there are no more one-size-fits-all solutions. We have to be more agile. We have to be smarter in analyzing problems and then seeking ways of addressing them. And we know, of course, that the story in Libya is far from finished and that a stable democracy is far from assured. But I think we can still look at the successful part the United States played there and draw some important lessons. Oh, okay. Consider the results. Okay. President Obama promised that our frontline involvement in the military action would last for days, not weeks, and it did. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? That was my favorite part. That's a total, just an out and out blatant lie. Listen to it again. For days, not weeks, and it did. Oh, but back it up a little more. <laughs> She has a gotcha. She has a gotcha little thing in there. She Obama says, promised that our frontline involvement in the military frontline involvement. Front involvement. Yeah, this is new. It's, this is how you revise history. It's our yeah, front yeah. frontline involvement. She promised really, that our frontline really involvement in the military action would last for days, not weeks, and it did. Okay, let's listen to the president again. It is U.S. policy that Gaddafi needs to go. Our frontline involvement. But let me emphasize that our frontline involvement. Anticipate this transition involvement. to take place in a matter of days and not a matter of weeks. Hmm. I, I, transition was going to be a, take place in a matter of days, not weeks. Not our frontline front involvement. <laughs> what is she? Do they think that nobody listens to these people? No, of course they don't listen to it. Hey, Hillary. At Holy mackerel. <laughs> oh, thank you very much for playing. Hillary revises history. She keeps on going, by the way. If you want to hear more, it doesn't stop there. I think we've heard enough. I mean, we can put on. We can put. If it's you got show any notes. more clips of this of her, we can do it on the Sunday show because I know you got. We have to close this show. Yeah, we do. I have. Uh, so I've got a, a Bahrain script from Hillary because uh, you know I, I got this whole thing on the NDI, which I will do on Sunday. I'm going to save it for Sunday because uh, I figured. Yeah, I, that- gotta, I also want to talk on Sunday. It turns out that Eddie uh, over at the office went uh, over to a. Uh, a rock concert or some rock thing and he met up with a guitarist there very fairly famous and people know you know you, you had to what by the nickname boots electric but he's jesse hughes right and, and he's with a with a major metal band and he was going on and on about all kinds of conspiracy chit chat with eddie who apparently hung out with him for six hours as they talked with each other once eddie said you said you ever listen to No Agenda? <laughs> and the guy says, and, "Yeah, all the time." And, and Hugh says, "Yeah, that show's great." 
and not only is it great, it's the best podcast in the universe. It is. And so apparently he's really adamant about discussing, and I think we'll maybe discuss it a little bit, the Sonny Bono assassination that oh, uh, took place back when. And, assassination. Huh. And it was all part of the Mina uh, Mina Arkansas, Clinton, yeah, the whole thing. Uh, yeah, the whole. And, it was, uh, and what's curious about it? I, I was looking back into it, and and I think what we're discussing is that it came back up into the conversation in a big way in 2008. But once Obama was elected and the Clintons were back in power, as it were, it was you haven't heard another thing about it, huh? Oh, I got to look into so, that. Got to look into. Yeah, that. look at Sonny Bono murdered. And yeah, because he, he hit a tree. Well, yeah, skiing. supposedly, well, but then skiing. when the autopsy had it back of his head clubbed in by a, by a butt of a 9 millimeter. He was skiing backwards. What's your problem? That's <laughs> yeah, very, very simple. Um, if you want, I have an end of show clip, which is kind of appropriate. It's, uh, one of, it's from our show, episode 110, from nine, uh, 2009. And it's in the show notes if you don't think we should play it. It is our discussion and the clips of uh, my... Appearance on uh, MSNBC when Michael uh, just after Michael Jackson was killed. <laughs> and then they killed you, right? Yeah, I know. I love this clip. Uh, so it's it's like six minutes, so it's long because it's us bantering as well, uh, talking about it. Do you want to do that or leave that? Yeah, in the show play now? it at the end. I give people a couple extra minutes, and then we'll see them again on Sunday. So right. we want to thank everybody who donated to the show and hope we get more. And uh, yeah, so I will upload the show and then skedaddle out of here. Uh, as quickly as possible. Wagons eastward. We're on our way to Austin, Texas. We'll be driving through Arizona and New Mexico. We're going to try and visit uh, some nights on the way. We're not quite sure. Uh, if we, you know, we just, we don't know. Uh, we, we don't know nothing. But uh, we're, so we're kind of crazed here. And we're keeping the connection up. And Sunday, uh, I will be coming to you from God knows where. Uh, and it uh, will probably be a complicated show because I'll be in some hotel in La Quinta. Or maybe a Motel 6, or who knows. It only takes one day to drive there. To Texas? Yeah. It's 22 hours. That's days 24 hours. It's one day. <laughs> it's days, not weeks. For that frontline involvement. Yeah. We're taking our time. Coming to you for the very last time from the Hilltop Watchtower, Crackpot Command Center, and Gitmo Nation West... In the morning, everybody, and hello, Texas! I'm Adam Curry. And from northern Silicon Valley, where I remain, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll be back again on Sunday, celebrating post 11 11 11 right here on No Agenda. And an hour and a half, two hours with the crew, and exactly 12 seconds showed up on air. And I, I said some really good stuff. And so then MSNBC sends me an email. Hey, uh, you know, would you like to be on? It's like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll do your show. If, if you give me the, uh, you know, the title is Adam Curry, you know, you can say XMTVVJ and just put in there presidentmevio.com. And uh, it was kind of funny because this was the day, I guess it was Thursday or Friday, when they announced the big tribute at the Nokia Theater at the Staples Arena which they kept saying over and over and over again, as if these guys, you know, had benefited almost. I mean, I know that's the real name of the arenas, but, geez, it just comes, comes across kind of eerie. And uh, so they have a location shoot. They're outside this press conference, which was a total dud, by the way. 
You know, hey, here's the news. We're not going to tell you anything about the concert, nothing about the tribute, uh, but here's the mayor to tell you about how cool they are at controlling the crowds, and uh, and there's no more information. Enjoy your live shoot. So they're just trying to fill up time because they got these, these, you know, they got all the reporters out on the scene, and so I'm on for about five minutes. I'm going to play you a little bit of the beginning, and then I'll play you uh, the real zinger I, I got in there at the end. I'll be able to see very much. So this is this is uh, she's talking to the uh, Chris from MSNBC is talking to the councilwoman and acting mayor of Los Angeles. For woman and acting mayor, Jan Perry, it's really nice of you to come over. I know it's been a busy number of days. Oh, you're so cool. Thank you. It's so hard. It's so horrible, all this work you're doing. Okay, so thanks so much. Well, it's, it helps to get the word out. Okay, yes. thanks so much. Thank you very much. And, and the word, by the way, is if you don't have one of the 17,000 tickets, don't show up. Michael Jackson and MTV could either have become an American institution without the other. The 1980s witnessed the birth of music television and the transformation of Michael Jackson from superstar to global sensation. Just two years after MTV's launch, Jackson released the 14-minute thriller video, and the music changed the world forever. 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 Yeah, listen to how I come in, because I'm prepared, right? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really get into it and really roll. Some say Jackson desegregated MTV and ushered in the era of elaborate and high-tech music videos. Joining us now via Skype is Adam Curry, former MTV VJ. Adam is also president Yay. of Nevio.com. Adam, I have to tell you... Now, one of the things that strikes me as I've watched Thriller over the last several days... And this is so funny, because I actually made reference to what she's saying, that, you know, I've watched Thriller. No one... They don't play through. Have you seen Thriller in its entirety anywhere in the past two weeks, John? Anywhere? Have you seen the 14-minute video play? Who's going to play it? Of course not. Of course not. Is, you can't hear that music playing. You can't have that video playing without stopping what you're doing and watching... Talk about the impact on Please talk about the impact. Popular culture Terrible. of that thriller video and even earlier Michael Jackson videos. Well, Chris, it was really tremendous, and unfortunately, there's hardly a channel that plays the video in its entirety anymore. It was about 14... See, that was my little zing at MTV. ...team minutes long, which, of course, was completely groundbreaking for the format of music video. Now, listen to what I said. She talks about desegregation, but I just call it. ...at the time. Uh, it did more. It combined conceptual um, footage with dance, with performance. Uh, it also made directors important all of a sudden. John Landis, very famous uh, film director, directed the thriller video. Really? Uh, Vincent Price, famous from uh, yes. uh, many movies with yes. his voice, was Very a part famous. of it. But it, it, Michael Jackson did much more at the time. He really put black faces on MTV. This was yes. groundbreaking at the time in the in the mid-80s. Uh, uh, MTV was kind of, you know... All right, so enough of that. Now listen to the end where I sneak in a little bit of no agenda to speak, which I was quite proud of. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And, and I So, wait a minute, she sets me up with this stupid question, because she's filling time, this question and like... By the, and by the way, we want all our listeners to do this when given the opportunity. What, to call in to MSNBC? No, no, to get in that little no agenda speak. Oh, yeah, well, if you can, absolutely. Here it comes. We know... Right, I'm sorry, right now the coffee's being delivered. Hold on, I'll sign for you. What's your name? So the so the what you're going to say is that the uh, she asked a dumb question because obviously they're filling time which they do a lot of on M or actually all these news stations with that that talk the uh, you know the news game they 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 they're waiting for somebody to show up or they're or they're trying or they're waiting for somebody to say something to their ear and so one of the things they're extremely adept at is what I'm doing now which is just yes you got, thank you very much chatter here we go let's listen to her stupid setup question oh that these rehearsals were done. Oh, yeah it's about. Uh, 
She's saying, oh, well, you know, there's so many uh, videos. Wait till it comes out on video. Yeah, and can you imagine if they release some complete videos? Uh, because we know that these rehearsals were done in high def. What? Oh, there's a clue right there, by the way. The rehearsals were done in high def. So, of course, there will be a video, you douche. That would mean in terms of just viewership to places like MTV. I mean, there seems to be an insatiable appetite for this. Yes, absolutely, and, and I'm amazed as you know as you're showing the footage, and everyone seems to be showing the footage of these rehearsals just two days before his death. You know, here's a guy who clearly was in great physical shape. He had um, uh, uh, 30, 40 concerts coming up in the O2 Arena in London. Uh, that's a huge production. You have to be preparing yourself a year in advance, at least physically. You can't put on a show like that without an enormous insurance coverage, which includes a tremendous amount of physical testing. So I'm amazed at what happened, and I know that there's breaking news about some form of uh, medicinal drugs that were found in his home. I'm Quite frankly, I'm amazed that no one is looking at a murder angle on this. <laughs> and at this point, there's smoke coming out of her ear. She's like, oh, 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 oh. And you can just hear the producer going, get that guy off the air! Well, we shall see. There's much more to come well, out. Well, 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 we shall see. Hold on, let's play it again. Well, we shall see. So, I'm amazed at what happened, and I know that there's breaking news about some form of uh, medicinal drugs that were found in his home. I'm Quite frankly, I'm amazed that no one is looking at a murder angle on this. <laughs> well, we shall see. There's much more to come out. like the long pause. The pregnant pause. Uh, crap, what do I do now? Uh, hey, Adam Curry, it's great to talk to you. Great Thanks to so talk much. to you. My pleasure, Chris. I'll never be on the air ever again. <laughs> ever. Not with them. No, and, and I waited. And, and I waited. on the door overnight uh, USA show, whatever that thing is. And I waited for the producer to come back on. You know, thank you very much. Like nothing. Like I waited five minutes. Like okay, might as well hang up. They're not going to thank me. They're so angry. <laughs> You're like, don't pick it up because I don't want you cussing him out. Oh, my goodness. You was, son of a bitch. We're not supposed to be talking about And And, of course, I'll put the entire interview uh, up uh, in the show notes at noagenda.media.com and uh, noagenda.squarespace.com. Adios, which is mofo. N-A. Dvorak.org slash N-A. Whoops, sorry about that. Remember to check the Hot Pockets uh, page on the Facebooks where Miss Mickey will be posting for our travel to Texas. Bye, everybody.